Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, friends. You're now listening to the Lifestyle, Leisure, and Sports Show. You never knew was two of those things. I think we can all acknowledge that if this fails, you two will be fired and I will remain. <laughs> so, no pressure. Bo Bishop, a regional media icon. Winner of Emmys. Purveyor of the good life. Sir, you don't know that for a fact. I and just I'm said it on the radio. Also, two guys this company named Employee of the Month. What are you talking about? Paul Hogan is Hulk Hogan's brother. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Look sure. it up. Because it's Hulk sure. Hogan. That's his real name. One guy is from Australia. The other one is from Tampa. You mean he's from Hollywood, brother? <laughs> Not brothers. Chops. Yes, they are. This is Bishop and Friends. Chaps and Eric Reeser, another Oops All Friends edition of Bishop and Friends. Ryan Baker behind the glass running things for us today. Did you watch any of the Daytona 500, Reeser? I did not watch it live, but it blew up my timeline when a bunch of cars almost blew up. Yeah, they were <laughs> there were a lot. I mean, it was early. There were later cautions. They tried to avoid the rain. They had to move the race that was supposed to be before to after. The, the whole weekend just kept going by. Baker, you are a racing fan. Uh, I don't know how much of a racing fan I am. Did you watch from green light to checkered flag? No. So I was actually here doing updates yesterday from three to five. Okay. So Ted had it on in here. So I saw a little bit in here and then I had some stuff to do. So it was perfect. I got home last night and literally turned it on just to check and see where it was at. And they were in the caution about to restart with the five laps left. So I saw the best part of the race. There you go. How did you, doing updates while the Daytona 500 is going on, how do you handle that? Because it's one of those ones where clearly it's constantly changing. Well, there was only one update after it. So I only had to do the five o'clock update after they started at four. So I didn't even really mention it in that one. I said, you know, they're starting, they're getting underway down in Florida for the Daytona 500. And then at the five o'clock, I didn't even talk about it. Yeah, that was, I always decided that I was like doing that, that you would say, hey, this is when the update's starting. That's where we're going to say this is because it was true at the moment I wrote it down. You just try to get as close to live as possible. But a race, even more so than like a basketball game, which is always constantly changing, that's got to be, it's, yeah, how do you keep track of it in a live setting like it's that? It's kind of like when you do the ON, ONN updates in the afternoon and there's live baseball going on. You're like, at the top of the fifth, the Reds <laughs> were winning three to two. It's called, and, yep, you got to be evergreen with yeah. it. Yeah. It was true. Yes, this was a fact at some point during the game. Uh, another fact, because of the racing, we uh, I mentioned that Jens Opa was visiting us this weekend, and he flew home this morning. So, well, he's still waiting at the airport for his flight at this point. But because of the, the racing and because we'd been doing the watch through of the fast movies, I decided, well, let's throw on F9. I, I'm, I'm all the way to 9. We got through 9 yesterday. And it's funny because... Uh, Jen Zopa, he likes like Turner classic movies. That's what he likes to leave on during the day. So black and white movies, noirs. Uh, he had on one yesterday in the afternoon that had like the old timey 
narration throughout it instead of just showing you what's happening on screen. It'd be like, and then he went off to the florist where he met up with this guy, and then they would show you the scene. Is there an app for that? No, that's like the how the movie was made. I know, but where did he find it? Because you guys don't, oh, he you guys don't have that just... He found him ready. on. He found him on Prime. They okay. were there were some of these movies that he loves were on Prime. But then I was like, well, why don't you watch one of one of these movies? And I got to tell you, after basically starting with six in the Fast and Furious franchise, and I knew this to a certain extent, but I had never locked in and watched them. Mm-hmm. It just goes completely off the rails. It doesn't make any sense. I can't. It's not even that I can't keep track of the plot if I really buckled down and paid attention. Sure. I could probably pay attention and say, okay, so this happened, so they did this, this, and this. Most of the time, I just wait for the action scenes in between. Sure. And then they're doing something, and they're driving around, or they're in space. That happened in F9. And you're sitting there like, why are they doing this again? And I don't really know the answer. But it's fun and exciting. Yeah, I think those movies, after like it was Fast 4 or 5, just started printing money. Like I don't know mm-hmm. how well... Too Fast, Too Furious did. I don't know how well uh, Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift did, but well enough for them to make another Fast, and then they just kept getting faster. And those things, I think, double their box. Like the box office almost doubles, maybe triples in some instances, what it costs to make the film, which is astronomical already. Well, and what happened to them? Same thing happened at the Daytona 500 yesterday. You introduce The Rock, you get extra eyes on it. So The Rock shows up in the fifth one. Which I think is called Fast Five. Obviously, the names are really hard to keep track of. They tried to reset it with a just Fast and the Furious, and that was Fast Four. Yes, so Fast and Furious is the fourth one after Tokyo Drift, where Dom makes like you know Vin Diesel (laughs) makes a short appearance at the end of that movie, but that one's like mostly disconnected. Fast and the Fast Five cost 125 million to make it made 626 million in the box then it office. happened yeah so the rock shows up they up the movies now they're like two hours and 20 minutes long they were like an hour and 40 minutes through the first four which is the perfect length for a fast and furious movie because there are way too many one there are throwout scenes mostly between Ludacris and whoever his sidekick is for that movie sometimes it's the rock sometimes it's been tyrese who plays roman in the series and then there's all these discussions in these military-like rooms where everything is made of stainless steel and they're super high tech and I don't care about those scenes at all. <laughs> I don't don't explain it to me. It's all nonsense anyways. I've seen a lot of little I've seen a lot of bits and pieces of Fast 4 through Fast 10. Mm-hmm. Like I've never sat through the entire one. I think the other day Fast it should have been Fast 10 your seatbelts. <laughs> I had it on Amazon Prime but it was just a while I putter around my apartment. That was the viewing like because I know we all have it, right. We have things that we watch in our house that we just have on in the background as we're doing mm-hmm. chores, as we're vacuuming or folding laundry or whatever it is. You just want something on to create background noise. Sometimes people have podcasts, but that was for me the other day. And I couldn't ever find a point where I was interested enough to sit down and continue it because there was at one point they were redoing the Brazil heist. And at another point, Jason Momoa's uh He's like doing uh, dead people's toenails. Like he like kills a couple goons. <laughs> well, don't spoil it. I still have to watch Fast yeah. X. It's just weird. So it never it never captivated me the way, well, the way any like Fast. The first Fast was pretty good. Too Fast, Too Furious is great because I think it knows its it knows its role. Yeah. So that I think is a captivating film in that vein. I think I like actually in certain ways I like Tokyo Drift the most. Okay. It's and it is a standalone movie and it works. They eventually put it back in the timeline. It's like after 7. It's 
like five, six, and four, five, four, five, and six happen. Then technically Tokyo Drift happens. Then the events of seven happen. They move that around and make the timeline work because they like that Han character so much who comes back to life anyways. Sure. In the ninth movie. Well, it's just a thing you can explain away with a, like a line. It's like in Parks and Rec where Andy loses a bunch of weight and they're like, how'd you do that? I just stopped drinking beer. Last thing I'll say about the ridiculousness of it all. Obviously, Tyrese and Ludacris, they go to space in the ninth one. But for me, the most ridiculous <laughs> one sentence in and of itself. I know. And they just they just sit up there and they're like, we're in space. And it's like, yeah, I guess you are. But they no. when they find out that Han isn't actually dead and Michelle Rodriguez's character, Letty, brings him back to their home base. She goes, surprise, guys, look what I found. Something like that. And they just walk in. And behind her is somebody who this group of people presumes is dead and somebody that they, you know, one of their family members. And it's like, that's really how you would reintroduce. Like, that would be a shocking, traumatic thing for somebody you think is dead to just walk in the room. And if somebody just said, look what I found outside, I don't think that would jive. Now, is this before or after they went to space? This was before they went to space. Okay, so I'm just wondering if their like life experiences have prepared them for this better be really a real big deal or else I'm really just not going to react to it. Because I think for a lot of people, you go to space, there's nothing that can surprise you after that. You've been in bleeping space. No, so I'm, I'm excited. So this guy coming back from the dead is like, eh, all right. I'm excited to see what they up the ante with in Fast X when I watch that probably sometime Fast this Fast X week's. Part 2? I don't, not yet. Okay. I feel like you guys are speaking a foreign language in there. I have no clue what you're talking You've about. You've never seen any of the Fast and the Furious I've films. seen the, I think I saw the first one like 20 years ago when it came when out it came and out. I've seen nothing of any of them since. Oh, you got to check them out. They're, they're not good. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, probably, yeah, there's not enough time. Every time we start a new one, I just go more stupider, more bigger, that's, more dumber. That's what the director and the production staff do. Yes. Probably Vin Diesel as well. So hopefully we get an 11th. You know what? At this point, just keep churning them out there. When we talk to Dom at 1030 today, ask him if do you want to ask him if he's seen any of these? We'll have to make sure that I, I Dom either loves the Fast and Furious movies or has never seen any of them. I do not see an in-between for because my money's on. He's never heard of them. Yeah. Well, I his name is Dom. Somebody has to have said something to him about these movies. Before. Yeah, but he's probably ignored that. <laughs> I guess we'll see. That's coming up at 10.33. We also got a Shelly time at 11.30 today. Uh, a show that's going to move around a little bit. Hey, some quarterback destinations for guys. Buckeye basketball. Jake Diebler had his debut on the OSU basketball coaches show. And another coach who, yeah, he's just a bad guy. I think that's what we're getting to. But that'll be in the 10 o'clock hour. Real quick here uh, as we transfer into this time period where the Super Bowl is over. And now we're through both all-star breaks of the winter sports with the NHL and the NBA. And so now it's it's time to, to get into that stuff. So that weird flip to the... Winter sports are coming down the stretch. The NCAA tournament is is coming up. There's only five games left in the regular season for most men's basketball teams, including the Buckeyes, who I don't think are going to make the tournament, but that still shows you where we're at it's in the season. weird you say that because it's kind of how it feels, yet we're going to crown an NCAA champion in April. The <laughs> NHL playoffs don't end until June, and then the NBA is not going to crown... Uh, not going to hand out the Larry O'Brien until later that month. And the other weird part about it is the summer sports are starting right now. The Guardians and the Reds play a yes. spring training game on Saturday. Yeah. 
Get this. I would imagine most listeners out here did not know this. I didn't know it until you put it to my attention yesterday, and I looked into it, and you're right. It is an MLS regular season game. The defending MLS Cup champions crew are playing on Saturday. They play at home against uh, Atlanta United FC, 2 p.m., Boom, we're back in that soccer season. So it feels like, ah, oh, football ended. What now? There's plenty of stuff that's, that's on. Enough. Yeah. That is still so weird to me that they, like, what was it in January a couple years ago? They did a World Cup qualifier here in Columbus. And that just, I don't know why, because we play football in weather like that. Mm-hmm. But for some reason with soccer, I just can't wrap my head around. It feels like it's a little too early to be doing this on the 24th of February. I think it's weird, and I know there are places where they're playing that's warm, but I think the golf season starting already is weird. Are they through two PGA events? No, I think they've been through like a whole month worth of PGA events. I knew they did the Wasted Management Open and then the Genesis, which both of them, I mean, I think that could be what the PGA leans into is what kind of... What kind of scuttlebutt can we manufacture? Or what can we jump into that gets us into the headlines in terms of everything but the golf? Because the, mm-hmm. the at TPC Phoenix, it was everybody was drunk and it was muddy. And then last week, it was Jordan Spieth can't fill out a card right. Oh, yeah, and that, Tiger Woods had the flu. Golf brings up a good point, though, because you, you talk about how long it takes to get to the Larry O'Brien. But you do get that like steady diet through there where like next week is the combine then spring practice starts then the ncaa tournament starts then the ufl season starts oh football's back everybody Uh, that one i'm mostly joking about but then you get then you get the masters then you have the playoffs starting both the nhl and the nba and then you get the uh, stanley cup and the nba finals so yeah i mean while it does feel like hey take a step back no there's plenty on your calendar and we'll keep you up to date on all of it and you know possibly the Cavs or the Ohio State women's basketball team, two that we don't pay as close of attention to, they're going to be our best bet through this run coming up. But right now, the Buckeye basketball team, they're coming off, you know, a little bit of a hot one on Sunday. And Jake Diebler, he uh, had a chance to show up on the Ohio State basketball coaches show for the first time since becoming the interim and had some words on taking over in the middle of the season. Bishop and friends on the fan. We're the highest-rated sports radio station in America. There's no joke there. We just are. The Fan. Ohio's sports destiny. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game-changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. First Friday miracles are always better with Uncle Bo. This is Bishop and Friends. There is no better time to sign up for the Tipico Sportsbook and get in on all the betting action with basketball, hockey, and the biggest college hoops tournament in March right around the corner. There's plenty of time to bet on games and win big. Take advantage of Tipico's massive odds boosts for the biggest payouts. Try Tipico's new parlays where you can pick how many legs you need to hit and cash in on your bets, even if you miss a leg or two. Claim Tipico's new sign-up bonus now and get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now under the promo code THEFAN100. That's THEFAN100 to get your bonus. Download the Tipico Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 years or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
What a difference a week makes. Last Tuesday, the Buckeyes were getting ready for a game against Wisconsin, who looked like it would be an outmatched opponent for them. Went that way eventually in that game, and it turned out to be the last game that Chris Holtman would be the head coach for. Fast forward to this Tuesday, Buckeyes are 1-0 under interim coach. Technically 3-0, I believe we came across yesterday under interim coach Jake Diebler, who coached a few games while Holtman was sick earlier in the season. But this one taking over with no Holtman around. They go out there and they beat number 2 Purdue. Wow, so now there's a little bit of excitement. Even I was surprised to hear we had Adam Jardy on the show yesterday. I was surprised for him to bring up the idea that, yeah, if the Buckeyes with that win, and because they don't have a ton of really bad losses, because basically all their losses are in the Big Ten, the chances of making the NIT are still alive. And Ooh. I hadn't given it a ton of thought, but Adam Jardy knows more about that those situations and the build-up to that than I do. So, okay, you're telling me that there's a chance... How many are they going to have to win down the stretch? Three, probably. Which seems doable. And I know when we talk about Ohio State basketball and we should moving forward after this, after the, whatever happens with this season happens, the expectations of Ohio State are to make the NCAA tournament every single year. That's the bare friggin' minimum for the basketball Buckeyes, for the men's and the women's, really. But for this team right now, for the, the group of guys that you have, for Jake Diebler and for the coaching staff that's all interim, if they're able to rip off three, maybe four, uh, three plus one in the Big Ten tournament, or they're able to make up a two in the Big Ten tournament, and they get that NIT invite, in past years you would scoff at that. You'd say, Ohio State's not playing in the NIT. But for this group of players, for this coaching staff, that could do them some real good, even if they don't stay with Ohio State. So I think, I think it would be in the Buckeyes' best interest if they were given that. And again, a lot has to happen between now and then because there's the Buckeye team you saw this past Sunday against Purdue, and then there's the Buckeye team that's been seen for the past month and change that is an NIT worthy. And which one are you going to right. see who on comes, any given who night? Who comes to play on Thursday? And that's why I'm interested in this first one from Jake Diebler. He was on the Ohio State men's basketball coaches show with uh, Paul and Ron yesterday. And here's what he had to say about the challenge of taking over in the middle of the season as head coach. Just the feeling and the care and the love that I have for Holt. Yep. And, and processing that. Um, he's meant so much to me as a as just a mentor and a coach. and So kind of processing that, but also focusing on the, the, the task at hand. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing was I have a newfound, not that I didn't respect head coaches, because I certainly <laughs> did, but I have a, that level of respect has deepened significantly in the last uh, few days <laughs> for all the things that you have to do and, and think about. And you really have to think about you know, so many different people more than, you know, than I ever would have imagined. But I think that's been the biggest challenge. Yeah, it's interesting that he lists the the challenge of just all the extra stuff outside of the basketball court that a head coach has to deal with. And we've talked about this a ton with the football program, too, the idea of kind of being a CEO of everything around you. And you almost have to take a step back from on field, on court type stuff. Um, And it's funny that that's what he notices, because as far as the X's and O's basketball stuff. It's a very, very small sample size, but it's hard for, if I was Jake Diebler, it'd be hard for me not to believe in, okay, I did have some good ideas for what could help this team after the immediate dividend that they were paid on Sunday against Purdue. It's absolute validation for you. 
If there had been at any point in the season you have a disagreement, and everybody has disagreements in doing everything in a team setting, maybe you were able to put in or implement some of the things that you had not been able to earlier, such as playing young guys double-digit minutes. And then you come out of that win, you go, oh, wow, look at that. Because I think a lot of us had that same thought post-Purdue. Like, Devin Royal, double-digit minutes? Huh. It's almost like he was Sir Basketball or a Mr. Basketball talented player. And and that's just, you know, one of the several qualms I think people had with the direction of this team this season. But right now, this can be a, a truly throw bleep at the wall and see what sticks. But also validation for Jake that, hey, I'm throwing a lot of good things at the wall because I'm, I'm smart and I know what I'm doing. I think it's going to be interesting, guys, to see if that with the young guys stays. Because I know there was a little bit, especially in the post at least. Like we saw Austin Parks in the first half of that game, I believe, because of foul trouble. Yeah. You know, with Zed and uh, Felix. He only played like two minutes. But the Royal Middleton thing did seem very specific. It it did seem like it. It's just going to be interesting to see if that sticks or if that was just a one game necessity. I don't know. I'm really interested to see this game against Minnesota. On Thursday. 415 days as of right now since Ohio State's last true road win. It'll be 417 when they go to Minneapolis and play Thursday night. That's that's next up, Coach. So that's 16 straight road losses for the Buckeyes dating back to January 1st. Listen to me here. 2023, Mm -hmm. as you said, by the days being over 365, it has been well over a year since they last won on the road. They're at Minnesota on Thursday. Here's Deeb's. On the Gophers. They're much improved this year. I think their staff's done a really good job. Uh, Coach Johnson's done a great job this year of getting you know, getting them playing at a, at a high level. They're playing at a high level in the games that they've lost recently. They've been, they've been right there. We watched them closely, certainly against Purdue, and they led much of that game. So, you know, we're, we're expecting their very best. We know we are going to have to be just connected at the highest level and play really, really tough. Yeah, they, you know, he's talking about some of those recent games. They beat a, a Rutgers team in their last game, 81 to 70. Before that, though, lost to Purdue, but only 84 to 76. So they are competitive. He is right about that. And they're kind of in that same boat of just, eh, not a great team, but maybe has a chance to, to go out there and do something. They are seven and seven in the league, Ohio State. Five and ten, but man, the difference, you know, those two extra games make Minnesota gets to jump all the way up to seventh in the conference, whereas Ohio State is second to last. But hey, with five games left all in conference, it's not crazy that the Buckeyes could move into that middle of the pack range and hopefully get out of the Wednesday date in the Big Ten tournament. Although the Wednesday date does give you a better chance to pick up a win right. in the conference tournament at so, the same time. I mean, it's incredible what Sunday did for Ohio State and with Minnesota, who is looking to find their way to the bubble. There's still a lot in front of the Gophers, and there's still a lot in front of Ohio State. And I, I said this after that game went final at the Value City Arena Sunday. This validates Gene's decision last week to do what he did when he did it. So now that you have some time and you've what you've created by beating number two Purdue is incredible, considering where you and I, because I think, Baker, you had the Buckeyes plus eight, so you had... Complete confidence in the world. This Ohio State team to shock the to pull the upset. I, I actually did the money line. <laughs> yeah, even that I much confidence. That. <laughs> so I thought that this was just going to be a plot along, and they proved me wrong. And I'm thrilled for that because now it gives everybody something to look forward to in a game against Minnesota, where you know a week ago looking at the schedule, like ah, oh, please just end this season. Buckeyes at Gophers Thursday. It's an 8 p.m. tip off. You can hear that game right here on the fan later this week. Coming up. 
He unfollowed the team on Instagram? Yes. Bishop and Friends on the fan. News, opinions, and insight. All before breakfast. Rise and shine with morning juice. Weekdays starting at 6. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Us. What's up? What's up, man? you. I'll tell you what's up. Justin Fields no longer follows the Bears on Instagram. Who does this? Is yes. there Are there reporters or is it just enough people online? Who checks every day for... I'm assuming just for the important players that you think something might be going on with them. Or do people just check when they start to hear more stuff? Like, does somebody legitimately every day go to an Instagram of a famous athlete and type in their team to see if they're still following them? Yes. I have no idea. But people do it enough to where it is it is of interest. I, I, I think it it's very it's a simple thing to do. So it can't take you but 10 minutes. And I wonder if it was... Like what we do is we have when we prep for a show, we check every website that we can think of. Well, the ones that we can check at work, and then we go. You know, we go about building the show. And so, if someone's thinking maybe, and it's likely a Chicago reporter that came out with this. It's likely a Chicago outlet that did this. They're checking on Justin Fields and the Bears, and they're checking on every every possible relationship that they can. You know, what's he liking on social media mm-hmm. accounts? What's he? Who's he following on Instagram to kind of give you cues like this? And that feels like an everyday thing because what's the biggest topic of conversation in Chicago right now? What are they going to do at quarterback? What are they going to do with number one? Every little angle they can go through, they're going to try to find. Similar to what we do about the Ohio State quarterback situation. Right. So if if Will Howard was doing something and we would like to have every angle covered on that. So that makes total sense when people find these things that it becomes a thing because why would somebody take the time after following? I think about the athlete who has probably thousands of followers and spends hopefully a a healthy amount of time during the day on Instagram. Yes. Making sure checking their name, (laughs) all their mentions. Why would he go out of his way to unfollow a certain NFL team? If you think he's a player of the NFL, he's probably following a lot of teams. No, it definitely means something. And it's weird because like, it means something in like an official capacity now that it's a way for the player without it's almost replaced the agent plant story with reporter. And then they just say reports, but you can tell that it's, written by the agent and we've seen that and we've broken that down from various NFL reporters and other sports as well but this is a way for the player to say it themselves without technically yep. saying anything so there's still deniability and he could, be, tro- he could be trolling I guess that's another thing they could just you could do it just to troll but it we've we've come to this place where no it doesn't in the grand scheme of things actually mean anything but it does enlighten you to what might be going on in a situation so what is going on with the bears right now i saw this one this one was funny uh beam retweeted it but one of those nfl aggregator type places they had you know the idea that the bears plan to go public with their decision to move on from justin fields during the combine next week that doesn't seem crazy to me i don't know where they're getting that reporting or if they're just aggregating it from you know somebody who did some real reporting but it was funny how they how they put it they put breaking rumor 
And it's... Well, which is That's it? next week. Because it's either breaking and you've discovered something and it's news, or it's a rumor that you're hearing. Rumors don't break. They just are. There is a rumor out there that you might be hearing this. So, yeah, get that together, guys. It's, <laughs> Here's no such thing as a breaking rumor. To that report that oh. you had about Justin Fields unfollowing the Bears on Instagram. Justin Fields' dog, Uno, has also unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. And this is from ESPN's Tom Fernelli. Okay, so the Uno unfollowed CBS the Sports, Bears. Excuse me, Tom Fernelli. Are there any dog mascots in the NFL? I guess the Browns. The Browns, yeah. But they're not, they're the Browns. They're not yeah. like the Bulldogs. Who do you think or runs Justin Fields' dog account? Well, who do you think, what's more likely that the dog runs Justin Fields' account? Or that Justin Fields run the dog. I guess account. I'm hoping that someone outside of my franchise quarterback is running my franchise quarterback social media. Well, that's like, the other- so he's just not paying attention. Like, please don't have rabbit ears, but we know they all do, especially Deshaun Watson for the Browns. But Justin Fields not only unfollowed the Bears on his account, but then went to his dog's social media account and unfollowed the Bears there. That's pretty comprehensive. Like, what the hell are we doing? And it begs the question now, too, for me. Like, now the, I actually the fact, think he's trolling. The fact that this has become something, though, that players do on purpose to send some sort of message. Do you have to discuss it with your agent? Like, is this like a plan? As you said, like, it's been, it's gone from everything that is associated with Justin Fields. And maybe he is just being petty about it and and deciding to do that. Or is this like a cultivated plan by their camp to get him, you know, hey, people start calling the Bears. There's, we are disgruntled here and it looks like that I'm going to leave. This is how I'm going to signify it. But you talk that out with your team and then does somebody handle it for you? This is, he's had conversations likely because from this with his agent. And it, it's probably a, all right, stop. Stop all of, stop this nonsense. Let's figure this out behind the scenes. And, and I'm sure they're having, if not daily, weekly discussions with the team. Because I, I can't imagine a team like the Bears that's got a great track record of handling quarterbacks well is got their mind made up already. We're, little, we're less than a week out from the combine starting in Indianapolis. And I, I would put money on the Bears still having no idea what they're going to do. Yeah. So this was, I'm thinking about this now from the, the NFC North, like that division is, they had, you know, especially in Rodgers and Stafford, but even also in Kirk Cousins, who's been, I don't know, eight seasons or so mm-hmm. with the Vikings. There's a chance that all of the, all four in the NFC North change over quarterbacks in a three, four-ish year time frame. you know, to Jared Goff with the Lions, Jordan Love took over for Aaron Rodgers with the Packers last year. Justin Fields looks like he could be on the move. The reports are that they started fielding, the Bears did, inquiries about possibly trading for him at the Senior Bowl. And then the Combine is next week where we really think this is going to to heat up. The new league year doesn't start until March 13th. So that's when the deals can officially happen. But as always, yeah, once the reports come out, you know that they're going to finalize that generally there. And that brings us to the Kirk Cousins part of it. So according to Sports Illustrated, the Vikings really like Cousins, but they won't hand the veteran signal caller a fully guaranteed deal like the contracts he signed in Minnesota previously. In 2022, Cousins signed a one-year $35 million fully guaranteed extension that carried him through 2023. Now he has the ability to test the free agency waters. He also cannot be franchise tagged. In this. So that's two NFC North quarterbacks who appear to be available. One 
in Kirk Cousins is just a straight up free agent. He can go anywhere. There doesn't have to be any additional compensation, but it does sound like there is also a, a much, much higher chance of the Vikings and Kirk Cousins figuring something out. But if both those quarterbacks are available, one you can pick up just by signing them in Kirk Cousins, the other one you'd have to trade for in Justin Fields, which because I don't think the Bears would do something as dumb as like cut him or anything like that. If you are one of those quarterback needy teams, which quarterback are you more interested in? Probably Kirk Cousins because there's not there's no give to get. There's just here's a contract because Fields still has a year and then you've got to renegotiate or he's mm-hmm. got he, he's on the one he's got one more year left on his contract with Kirk. Yeah, there's a lot of money there, but you can just you know you can there's ways to work. I mean, we talked about the cap yesterday. We talked about contracts yesterday. You can make that work for your team without having to give up any assets. I think it also depends on like what your team is in because yeah, the Falcons what have been your teams in. Yeah, the Falcons have been one that we've circled a ton, and although they haven't been great, you can see the workings of ooh, put a quarterback in here, and that would be good. And not that that wouldn't be a good destination for Fields, but I think like that would be a great one for Kirk Cousins. I think Cousins fits there best, and you're only getting. I don't know, three more years of cousins or so. Like eventually, you know, everybody has to retire. Whereas Fields, you might be trading for your franchise quarterback. He's only three years removed from being uh, the number 11 overall pick. He has shown that he can be really good on the NFL field. Maybe there are still some growing pains there. His passing seems like it's not as far along as I expected it to be, but his rushing attack is better than I thought it was. I knew he was a good athlete, but I didn't know it would be something like that. So, yeah, who's going to trade for him? As far as like the quarterback needy teams, you can add any to this, but this is the list that I, I feel like is there. The Falcons, the Steelers, the Seahawks, the Broncos, and the Patriots. The Commanders are also on that list, but they seem completely likely to take a quarterback at number two overall. The Patriots could take a quarterback at, at number three, but the idea of trading three has also been thrown out there for them as well. But that could be what they trade. Uh, no, they're not trading three to get a quarterback. They're, yeah, they could see who wants one of the top three quarterbacks. You know, well, outside of Caleb Williams and how bad a team wants to move up, because you never know what Washington could do. You never know what Chicago's. Again, to my point, you never know. The Bears don't even know. I think what the Bears are going to do right now, and they'll probably formulate that late next week when it's like, oh, we got to figure something out with the Fields. Yeah, over before some sort of we, stake. At before Elmo's. we leave Indianapolis, um, I mean. Now that I, the more I think about it, the the better I feel about Cousins in Atlanta, because again, none of that team, that you know, the Falcons wouldn't have to give up anything, and the Falcons have eight. But I would, if I'm a, if I'm a fan, I want Fields. If I'm a fan of any of these teams, do what you can to get me Justin Fields. I'm just not sure any of these teams are willing to make that move because there's still still enough out there and this is neither right or wrong because this is how people feel there's still enough unknown about what justin fields can be with cousins you you feel like you've got a a more solid one-year guy and then you can kind of play that one-year game is that sustainable no but if you're not able to land the quarterback in this draft or maybe you're looking ahead to a year or if i don't know you can find maybe a michael Penix or a bo Nix that can fall into your lap and then you bridge that right with the Kirk cousins more so than a fields and that makes sense with cousins too because that's kind of how the the vikings have treated them that hasn't been one of those deals that has had a bunch of years on the end they've been short guaranteed deals and now they one i think they're they're looking for maybe a different option but also i don't know what's going to happen to those shorter term guaranteed deals after the nfl made it very clear with the deshaun watson like resetting the market after that that they don't want to give guaranteed deals at all no, that's a unicorn cousins was never in that realm but it was starting that guys could get 
like Cousins, I think, had like a three-year $90 million fully guaranteed when he first got to Minnesota. It was something along the, the number lines of that, and I wonder if we'll even see any of those or if, yeah, the NFL has just decided that, eh, we're not doing guaranteed deals for quarterbacks. Another thing that is sometimes a guarantee in the NFL, the Bengals, they're trying to do something that isn't as rare as it may seem in 2024. Coming up next, Bishop and Friends on The Fan. Big voice guy here to remind you that you're listening to The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Okay, thanks. I have three more seconds. Uh... Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. After putting up with Tom Tiberi for a decade, the broadcast gods gave Bo these two. This is Bishop and Friends. And Bishop and Friends is sponsored by Awaken 180. Fast, sustainable weight loss without medications. The solution for weight loss, Awaken 180 Weight Loss. In the NFL, it does feel like, if you feel like that most years you see, hey, this this team was bad last year. They were last in their division, and this year they're winning their division. The idea of worst to first really isn't that much of an anomaly. Now, I don't know exactly how many teams for sure have done this, but at least one team has gone from last place in their division to winning the division the next season in 21 of 23 seasons. That stat was passed along by friend of the program, Jay Morrison, this year's candidates obviously include the Bengals. That also has the Patriots, Chargers, and Titans to finish out the AFC, the Commanders, the Bears, the Panthers, and Cardinals. Jay then poses, who has the best chance to pull it off in 2024? I think there's a reason he's looking up this stat because I would imagine we have a similar answer that it, looking at those names, I think it is the Bengals who have the best chance to pull it off. The Chargers are also an interesting one. Uh, both them, the thing maybe holding those two teams back, really good divisions. Chargers obviously have to get through Mahomes to win the AFC West, get that done. And the AFC North has just been the most competitive division over the last three yeah. years or so in the NFL. So, yeah, it's it's a tough task. But those two, because they have the quarterback situation figured out, and I feel good uh, about where they are organizationally, Chargers have a new coach. Bengals, Zach Taylor has already brought his team to multiple AFC championships, has a Super Bowl appearance, has won the division a couple of times. Those two I feel the best about, um, and I would put the Bengals at the top of that list because of the continuity that they have right now. And last year was just more, you know, Joe Burrow was hurt at the beginning of the year and then he was out for the season by the end of the year so it'll be interesting to see what cincinnati does with t higgins joe mixon like are those guys going to be on the roster next season and it does kind of factor into look if if burrow's healthy then you've got you don't have exactly patrick mahomes but you've got a quarterback that can do a lot of what mahomes can do in terms of elevating the talent around him so while you might not have some of the names the household Bengals names that you're used to it's been shown, I think, that Joe Burrow can take guys who really good and they can make them great players. And so that for me is if they if he's got Jamar Chase, they'll be fine in terms of competitiveness in the AFC North. They just got to be healthy. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't. It's easy for me to say that. And it's obviously easier said than done. But 
I don't think I'm too far off there. Well, and the injury luck has kind of worked both ways for the Bengals in recent memory because the two division titles they do have probably mostly because Lamar Jackson got hurt. Remember, the Ravens were leading in the division two years in a row, but Lamar Jackson not able to finish out the season. Not a coincidence that when he did finish out the season, they ran away with the division. Do you know who the team was in 2023? The team from worst to first. The team who went from worst to first in 2023 is the Texans. Yes. Yeah. Pretty easy. Yeah, I was I was running. I was talking slowly. I was running through the divisions in my head. I I could hear the gears turning. I was like, I think I can remember who the division winners are from this season. And then if I remember them, I have to be able to figure out which one was likely in last place last year or the year before. And yes, that was the Texans. So I like the bank. I like the AFC chances in general for this. Not so much the Patriots. I think the AFC East is not going to be up for them. But I think the Bengals and the Chargers have a real chance for it. AFC South, I mean, we just listed. That's where it came from this year. I think that can be totally up it in the It can be redone, yeah. It, and if not last, second to last. Like, yeah. I don't expect a fall off from the Houston Texans, but I do expect that division with health and with some new faces. Does Callahan taking li- over with Will, Will Levis under center in Tennessee? It's a little bit more yeah. competitive. And it was very competitive last year, but I mean, like, good competitive. But you want really yes. bad football competitive. Not the not the Jaguars <laughs> fell apart at the like end of the year. I'd expect like 500 teams to be in contention for this thing. Guys, it's really interesting uh, that we're talking about this. That's an amazing stat. 21 of 23 years that's not happened. not that close. I yeah. mean, how often does that happen? How often does the fourth place team, not even last place, the fourth place team in a college conference win the conference the next year for sure it just goes to talk uh the the parody in the nfl like we know like on average four teams that didn't make the playoffs the previous year make them the next year over a long period colin cowherd was just talking about this last week and he swore and he he's some of the times his takes are wrong he swears it's the washington commanders that do it next year the commanders are actually who I think have the least chance to do it. I, I understand that they still have some really good defensive pieces there. What they, they hired Dan Quinn, right? Yeah. yeah. He was they just got, the uh, DC. Kingsbury. Kingsbury's your OC. They, but they're going to be breaking. I mean, it's either another year of Sam Howell, who's okay, but he's not, you oh, know, draft, a difference maker quarterback. A quarterback I know they're going to draft a quarterback, but who's going to play yeah. at the beginning of the year? What is that balance going to be? And that, to me, just says, no, I just don't think there's much of a chance. Unless Jaden Daniels, and if that's who they take, comes out and is just... You know, they got talent. They yeah, it's just in their hills. Like I a think, fireball going through the league, but the division is too good at the same time. Especially guessing, if the Giants get Deshaun Watson. I'm guessing probably everybody thought that about the Texans last year, too, and then they did it. But so. the, the difference is that division is not as good as the NFC East. I understand. I get what you're saying, but, you know... We know how the Cowboys are. You never know what you're going to get with them. And the Eagles didn't look very strong at the end of the year this year. So, yeah, it's crazy, but main difference was the quarterback. Of the divisions, the order I came up with for most likely, Bengals, Chargers, and Titans, I can see either one of them. That one's probably the closest one for me. Cards, Kyler comes back and plays a full year for him. Pats, because they got to be somewhere in the middle, but I have very low confidence in them. Panthers division not very good. I think they can get it done. Bears no, I don't see much of a chance no. of them right now because the Lions are really good. It looks like Jordan Love was a hit. The the Vikings, yeah, and maybe have to figure out a quarterback situation, but they're very they're a very talented team. And then I think the Commanders have the the lowest chance. But that's why this is such a surprising stat because it happens every year with a team you're probably not expecting. So if, maybe if you're gambling, go with the Commanders. That's not real advice.
I'm just saying that you could you could do the opposite thinking on this one, and you might end up being right anyways. I'm going to try to find odds to win divisions in the NFL in 2024 per our friends at Typico Sportsbook, and we will have that for you coming up. We'll also have Maybe. the real truth coming up next. We'll let you know what is going to happen Thursday night for OSU Hoops. The real truth. Bishop and friends on the fan. The only radio show Ryan Day listens to when we're holding him hostage, making him listen to a radio show. The Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. The fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Columbus.com. Pull up a stool and ask the bartender for something neat. Because Uncle Bo is on the radio. This is Bishop and Friends. Real truth in just a moment, but real quick, a few more things from the first hour. First off, adding to the report. Oh, no. Justin Fields has now followed on Instagram Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and B. John Robinson. Now, if you're trying to figure out what's the connection there. Bears to the Falcons, or Fields to the Falcons confirmed? What's his dog doing? If we're going, (laughs) what is. I'll find that. Who does Fields' dog follow on Instagram now? But yeah, so that's the, the addition. Not only has Justin Fields unfollowed the Bears on Instagram, but he has followed three Why wasn't star that players your update, Baker? Don't you guys feel like that this is just their agents trying to get their names in the news? It has to be. It's, it's definitely a coordinated thing that you do on purpose now. And it's not just from being like angry at the organization. But yeah, I don't. If he's already like on the block for Chicago, what benefit does this give him besides getting him in the news? Because Chicago's not going to decide to whether or not to trade Justin Fields based on him following him on Instagram, or at least I would hope not. If that's what your GM does, probably shouldn't be your GM. So yeah, it does get you up into the news. But obviously, if the trade came out and was you know agreed upon and people knew what Uh-oh. the report was for that, that would get you in the news. His dog Uno Fields follows Jeff Okuda. Who is on now? The that, Falcons, well, but they were Whoa! teammates, right? Yes, they're teammates at Ohio State. So that he follows many of his Ohio State teammates. And the dog was here at Ohio State. I do remember that dog. It's a is it like a little corgi, a little Frenchy? Yeah, okay. I remember it was a smaller He's a good boy. Yeah, it was a small little dog that you see some pictures on campus. So. Very good boy. Social media, the greatest train wreck <laughs> of all time. Now you looked up real quick on Typico yeah, Sportsbook. Typico Sportsbook have the Chargers with the sixth best odds to win uh, the AFC. And so that would factor. They don't have individual conference winners yet, but that would factor. Division winners. Division winners, excuse me. They have the conference winners, and then they have the Super Bowl champion. So that would factor, to me, better odds for the Chargers to be that team going from worst to first Where the Bengals in this upcoming season. So the Bengals have the fourth best odds behind Buffalo, Baltimore, and Kansas City. So outside, I guess I should have said outside of Cincinnati, the Chargers are the best, this next best team with the best odds from worst to first. And on the NFC side, still got to climb Mahomes Mountain. The bottom two teams on the NFC side are Commanders and Panthers. So I think we hit that. Giants one right. aren't far behind. But like I said, if that's what Coward wants to say, it would not completely surprise me because we see this every year. I would not have guessed. 
we all thought that the the Texans were giving up what the second or first overall pick to the Cardinals when they made the trade in the draft last year. And it turns out they go on and win their division. So it's, that's the thing about the worst to first thing. You can try to predict it as much as you want, but it's generally a more surprising team than the let's circle the Bengals and say they do it. Now with the commanders, you know, they new head coach, new offensive coordinator. They bring in Jaden Daniels. A lot of that sounds like what the, Houston Texans did last season. It's true. So you'd think if you look at the te- uh, Texans roster going into 23, look at the commanders roster going into 20, any 24, there's more talent on the commanders roster. You know, they're not going to have the defensive rookie of the year. They don't have that high of a pick to do that, but there's still two 11 plus win teams in the NFC East. There's it's Philadelphia. Be interesting. There's Dallas. That wasn't the case for the Texans in the AFC South going in to 23. That's the biggest thing for me is you've got to climb over Philadelphia. You've got to climb over Dallas to do what right. Houston did. And this isn't the case. Real quick, Baker. I was just, it's going to be interesting. The biggest thing with the commanders, I think, is Drake May or Jaden Daniels, whoever they end up drafting, or maybe they get Caleb Williams So somehow. However, that goes. Is that quarterback ready to play at close to a CJ Stroud type level? And if they are, they could do it. If not, I don't see it happening. Yeah, C.J. Stroud did also happen to have statistically like the best rookie year yet. So if I was a franchise, not obviously you draft quarterbacks, but I wouldn't count on him having those numbers. But you're right. If you can get to even like 75% of what C.J. Stroud did, that puts your team in a much better situation. Time for the real truth. Bishop and Friends present The Real Truth. Sponsored by Diamond Seller. Over 76 years of experience and guaranteed lowest prices on Sawmill Road or DiamondCellar.com. All right, guys. Ohio State coming off that huge win over number per. To Purdue on Sunday. They will win on the road Thursday at Minnesota. Is that the real truth? I'm hoping it's the real truth because I do not want them to hit a program record for consecutive road losses. Uh, the weird thing is, no, there's not much of a reason besides, you know, Minnesota is an okay team. They're not a great team for sure. There's not really much of a reason for me to think, oh, yeah, for sure. The Buckeyes have figured all this out and they're going to go win on the road. But, hey, there wasn't much reason Sunday at 12.59 for me to believe that they were going to beat Purdue, but two hours or so later, they were, and they, the fans were rushing the court. So this one, if I was a betting man, I would say is probably not the real truth, but I'm I'm going with hope on this and that they figured some things out and that Jake Diebler had lit that fire under them and that it doesn't just last one game. We saw, you know, this happened with especially like the Raiders this year with Antonio mm-hmm. Pierce, former player comes in yep. and, and gets people really invigorated. And that lasted basically to the end of the year and ended up getting him the job. I'm not sure if that's the track that Jake Diebler's on, but I do think that he can keep that going a little bit. Plus there's still something to play for, but you know, obviously the, the idea of getting the ultimate goal of winning a national championship, not really available to the Buckeyes, but breaking this road losing streak, a nice thing to add to a season that has been mostly disappointing. So much emotion, so much energy that went into the Purdue prep that went into the Purdue game. There will be a a day will come where there will be an emotional letdown for this team. But Thursday is not that day. It is the real truth. They get the win over the Gophers. Yeah, uh, guys, I, 
I said a couple weeks ago, I thought this was the game they broke the streak, but I think there's going to be a letdown, unfortunately. The emotion's going to be gone a little oh, bit. So you have I'm, to re- believe. I'm reversing course. I definitely, I, I don't think that's the real truth anymore. Guys, the Cavs have had a great season so far. I know Reese knows that for sure. The Cavs, they will be the second or the third seed. They're currently the second in the East. Reese, they're your team. You pay closer attention to them than just about anybody here at the station. What do you think of that one? It is the real truth. Uh, they're right now, they're, they're going to coast. They're not coast, but this will be where they stay. Either that two or that three. They're a game and a half up on Milwaukee right now. I think the Bucks get it together a little bit, and it becomes some. there is jockeying that happens for that second spot between the Cavs and the Bucks. I do think Milwaukee overtakes come season's end because that's a team that should be getting hot going into the playoffs. But the Cavs will finish either second or third in the East. That is the real truth. Yeah, I think it's the real truth, too. It becomes a harder one to answer for sure because with the Bucks looming behind them, that's what makes you nervous. If I just change it to the Cavs will finish the season second in the East, which they're currently at second, that right. one I'd be a little bit more inclined to be like, ah, I'm not sure that's the real truth. It was but- like three games up on the, the Bucks. I would say it, it, it is that they'll stay second. But I think just that with that game and a half buffer, I don't know how many times I'll have to look at how many times they see each other before the season ends, but I think Milwaukee gets it together. Reese, I think you just nailed that spot on with everything you said. I think the uh, Bucks do overtake them and they finish third in the East. Great new guys. This I can't believe Mike Conley has been in the uh, in the NBA for 17 seasons. He Incredible. signed a two year, 22 million dollar contract extension with the Timberwolves on Tuesday. Per Sports Track, he has made close to 275 million dollars so far in his NBA career. He is likely the most financially successful Buckeye in professional sports right now. C.J. Stroud, though, he will eclipse Mike Conley's career-ending earnings before he's 30. Is that the real truth? All right, so C.J. Stroud is entering his second year in the NFL, and he is, what, 22? Yeah, he turned 22 in October. So that's th- that's four more years, because obviously if he was somebody that was going to eclipse likely. this, he'll, he'll, well, by the time he's he'll 30. Go his, he'll go through his first one. They'll extend when they give him the big boy deal, because he'll get his fifth year option, thirties. So then he will be in that fourth, that fifth year. He will be turning what twenty six in, in that season, and then he'll have the first run of his contract. It, it's a weird one. Like, do we base this off of guaranteed money? Because if it is, then yeah, I mean, I think it's very possible that he gets there before thirty. Or do we take it as money in the bank? And then you're talking about the weird way that NFL salaries are made up where sometimes it can be front loaded sometimes it can be back loaded a lot of times with quarterback deals when they're extra long anyways they get redone before you even get to the end but i would imagine at the very least cj stroud's first big contract that he signs before he he turns 30 here would put him above this number as far as like the guaranteed number that's going to him is but in a in like a technical sense, he won't technically have earned that money yet. But it's going to be very close, and there's no doubt that he will overtake Mike Conley as the highest paid Buckeye. When for both me their right careers now. are said and done, yeah, I don't think it's the real truth. I think when C.J. Stroud hits thirty, he's not going to quite touch that two hundred and seventy-five million. Um, and then if you know you want to go through the next two seasons, Conley's closing in on three hundred million, and. I just don't see that for Stroud before 30. I think maybe after that he's able to touch it a little bit, but I'm just looking at some of the guys in the NFL that are our former Buckeyes or that are still, that are Buckeyes 
that have had gigantic contracts and when they're you know they're in their late twenties, it's still just because of injury and the way it is. You're just not able. I mean, with Joey Bosa was the guy that I thought maybe he could be as closest. Eight seasons, 127 million dollars right now, but you just saw him get carted off the field last year. So Joe Burrow, his contract got up to 55 million annually. Again, how contracts are worked out, whatever. But that's He's what it, time that's with what, injury. That's what the numbers come out to. That's another factor too. Yeah, you, if you don't get your game check, how are the guarantees working? But if Stroud signs a six-year. $50 million or a five-year $60 million, depending on where the market goes. By that time, that puts him into that $300 million range by the end of the deal. Um, but yeah, I think he'll be just short of like actually reaching it by 30. And just real quick, I stole this. I stole somewhat the topic from friend of the program, Ben Koo of Awful Announcing, and then I just gave it a real truth tweak. So thanks, Ben. All right, guys, let's get one more here. We know that they had to run the Daytona 500 yesterday because of rain on Sunday. Should they move the Daytona 500 to Saturday or Monday? Is it always the weekend of President's Weekend? Does that always work out, or is that? I believe it's yeah. This always this third weekend of February. What are they going to do when the Super Bowl gets pushed? A week or maybe two later, you know, depending on if they add the 18th game and then I guess that wouldn't add a round. I think they would just get rid of the buy and just it, there would be nobody advancing to the divisional round. But the NFL is going to get a week probably later at some point in the near future. So that would actually make it more advantageous to take it off Sunday for sure. You don't want to compete on Super Bowl Sunday if that's where it works. So I think that that's a reason to do it as far as it goes. It's not like it's going to get me to watch it more likely. So as far you know, people who are really into it, it, is it so special that it has to be on Sunday? But I think I'd rather have it be Saturday than Monday, even with the holiday possibly mixed in there. I bet there are a few people who had plans to go to Daytona who had to ditch their plans because the race got moved to Monday this year. Keep it on the weekend. More people can can make it out there. And obviously those those arenas are huge and can take on as many people as they want. So I think you want to keep it on the weekend day. But I could... I could see Saturday, especially if it ends up being on the day of the Super Bowl. Yeah, if they're going to, I think you keep it on the Sunday. I'm interested to see what the numbers are going to be like because yesterday with it was a slow sports day. The Daytona 500 was in a little bit more prominent of a position, like it was sports pole position. Yeah, with uh, there were NHL, there was an NHL matinee and there were NHL games, but it's the biggest event in racing at least the biggest event in North American racing. And so I, I wonder if they, they won't, because I, I think you do, you would lose a lot of the in-person uh, aspect, the in-person party aspect of the Daytona 500 if you moved it off the Sunday. But just in terms of a television, what are we paying attention to? I think you there's a chance you could get more. It's not the real truth. But I think there's a chance you get more eyeballs if you put it on a day with less offerings. Chops, I think the only way the only way this could possibly happen is if there's a conflict with the Super Bowl somehow, some way. Then I think you do it. I don't like Saturday because Daytona, I think, believe it's the Firecracker 400, which is always right around July 4th. That is a Saturday night race at Daytona, so I don't think they want to. I think they want to have two separate aspects with that mm-hmm. of their races there, and uh, maybe the Monday thing if. If there's a Super Bowl conflict, but I, yeah, I don't think this is happening. Up next in shocking news, this coach, he's still a jerk. Bishop and Friends on the fan. All the 10 TV people come over to our side of the building to take a deuce. That should tell you something about how we operate. The fan. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you say something with enough confidence, it must be true. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. Chaps and Reese are with you. Oops, all friends edition today and tomorrow. Bo is back Thursday. A guy who has been back in college basketball for a few years and had some nice years at Iona and Parlayed that into getting the job at St. John's. Well, he already lives in New York. That was an easy transition for him, but it has not gone so well for Rick Patino in his first year as the head coach there. And it started out okay. They were what, twelve and four to to start the year? Pretty good spot. Now stop me where you've heard this before. <laughs> then conference play started because that's kind of what's happened. It hasn't been as bad as the uh as the Buckeyes, but they're two and eight in their past ten games. They've fallen in ninth place in the Big East, and they are out of the projected NCAA tournament field. Their most recent loss, they gave up a lead. Again, stop me when you've heard this before, but they gave up a lead to Seton Hall and lost that game 68-62 to on Friday. Then Rick Pitino, this one's a little bit longer. It includes some cuts with reporters and uh, whichever producer here cut this up. It was a, a nice little master cut. It's about 90 seconds long of Rick Pitino just kind of being angry after their loss to Seton Hall on Sunday. We just lack toughness. We just don't move our feet on defense. Look, they, they shot 37 free throws. Throw out the stats. You see it every game, the amount of free throws they shoot and the amount of free throws we shoot. Look at what Naheem shot on the year. Look at what uh, Chris Ledlam shot on the year. I mean, you're a power forward. You play 29 minutes without a free throw. Uh, that means you're not offensive rebounding, not getting to the line. So it's it's really the, all the toughness things of why we give up leads. We are so non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling. And really, it's not about losing. Because even in winning, winning, when we watch the film, I see unathletic plays. I, I see people that don't handle the ball, that's just interested in taking quick shots. So it's been a disappointing year. If you had to do it over again, would you have attacked your first offseason differently? I had no choice. We just could take who we could get, who was available. We had no choice. Um, I don't think we were going to win the first year anyway. Because when you rush like that and you don't see the players and you just... Uh, not not a whole lot we can do, but it's. Um, I think I've enjoyed even even the Celtics when we lost. I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. You have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. Look, I'm disappointed. I don't want to say the wrong things, but I'm really disappointed in my team. It's so funny that he. Almost saves himself there at the end by saying it's his team, but then just saying he's so disappointed and everything. And so the question was, okay, was that still just, you know, Rick Patino just being a curmudgeon old man after a loss and, and just showing some frustration? But he had a chance, and this was from Newsday, uh, to talk to them. And he said he truly wasn't ripping anybody. Longer quote. 
I was pointing out exactly in a monotone voice why we lost. I am not always calm and certainly not when I rip someone. I was not ripping anybody. I sometimes want my players to hear my words and read my words. That was my intention Sunday. And quote, okay, Rick, if it was really something where you were trying to speak in, in a level tone and just let people know that you are seeing why they're losing, that's a really nice way to cover up that you're actually just saying mean things. This is the Ricky Bobby thing. You can't just say whatever you want after saying with all due respect. And that's kind of what he's trying to get away with here. But the stupid thing is it really does turn back on to him. It was good questions from the reporters there because this St. John's team is 100%, yep. not technically 100%. It's about 90% Rick Patino. What? Is there 12, 13 real scholarship players on a on a college roster at any given time? He brought in 10 transfers and one high school recruit from last year. So if these guys are unathletic and they can't move and they're not tough, that's on you. You handpick these guys and then blame it on, well, you had we only had so much time to put it together and couldn't get this, you know, the the right team that we wanted. Hey, man, you were the one who plucked all these guys out of the transfer portal, and I'm sure St. John's also didn't lose 10 guys on their own accord coming off of last year either. Well, it's very, it, it's a little harsher Deion Sanders, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, he's picking everything, and he's deciding who's going to be on this team, and yeah, I, I think for him to throw everybody else under the bus but him uh, is is pretty telling, but also very on brand for Rick Pitino, like a guy who had no idea what was going on at Louisville despite being a very hands-on and very involved coach. I mean, these guys are control freaks. So, look, it's the chef when you say, hey, I don't like the meal, going, none of this is my fault. I think it's funny that he, he said, I don't want to say the wrong thing after, after he kind of said all, all of the wrong, the wrong things. things. But I, And I'm not sticking up for Rick Pitino here. Uh, because you've got to adapt and change with the times. I think this is just an old school coaching tactic to like, you know how we would see Saban sometimes use the media to really send a message to his players. I think Patino's just trying to motivate them in any way. So, you know, sometimes an angry player plays better. And I think maybe he was just trying to push some button there with them, like an old school coaching tactic, but that stuff really doesn't work very often anymore no i mean it could be a motivational tactic but that doesn't mean what he yeah what he said is going to work or that it was the right thing to say and i think one he he tried to save himself in the clip we played but then even yesterday talking to newsday that's when you could soften it a little yeah, bit and point it back, it back a little bit on yourself. Like the idea to stick your head in the sand and say that you're not ripping anybody. You clearly are. You call out toughness and athleticism in both of you these say which, your players suck. Yeah, that's basically what he's saying. They're not as good as the other players out there because, you know, athleticism is all relative to your competition. And basically, you know, he's laying out things, reading more into his comments and stuff from Sunday about the idea that you only foul somebody when because you're unathletic or because you make a bad decision you're in bad position and it's like well i don't think that's the only reason that fouls happen sometimes fouls just happen through the natural effort of the game and i guess you can course correct in there i do find it funny though that on uh, may 15th rick patino had this tweet just an incredible job by our staff in recruiting 11 quality athletes with great potential a culture is formed with selfless people that have a strong thirst for winning so excited to work with these 13 talented men okay so 13 guys on the st john's roster he got 10 in the transit portal, one is a recruit, calls them all great, uh, 
quality athletes with great potential. Yep. And here we are, what, eight months later? And he's like, no, these guys stink. Yeah, it's Rick Pitino not taking accountability for anything. Well, it's Rick Pitino not taking Rick, it. It's out of the Rick Pitino playbook, and this is what you get with him. And look, if he's got an offseason to go into the transfer portal and have St. John's offer a you know, bags of cash to people, maybe they're they're able to make, you know, a big East championship run. Like they're fourteen and twelve right now, so in a first season, it's not terrible, but he thinks his players are, so okay, coach, go get better ones. A culture is formed with selfless people. What about your comments on Sunday, Rick, were selfless? They weren't. They're all self serving. Does is selfless. It's no. all yeah, it's all self serving or selfless, excuse me. It's interesting. Why did we always why did we make those words so similar. I don't know. You have to ask people who made the words. I guess it's just because self has to Miriam do with Miriam and Webster. Hey, get him on the horn. Next, we'll have Dom on the horn. We'll check in with Uncle Dom. Tuesdays with Tiberi coming up. Bishop and Friends on the fan. The Ohio State Coaches Daily Show is brought to you locally on the fan by Credit Union of Ohio. This is the Ohio State Basketball Daily Show brought to you by Encova Insurance with Coach Jake Diebler. And looking back uh, at the Purdue game, having answers to what Purdue did late in the game, was that one of the biggest parts of how this went in a win column, Jake? Yeah, we had to respond. They, we knew they were going to make a run, and we had to respond on the offensive side. Um, certainly being able to get a, a stop there late was important, but getting a they scored, we came back, scored, and then got a stop and hit our free throws. I thought that it, it said a lot about the the mindset of our players. Another comment in just a moment. Hi, I'm Archie Griffin, two-time Heisman Trophy winner. The right coverage can be a game changer, both on and off the field. That's why Encova Insurance and their local independent agents are prepared for what's next and protect what matters most to you. Whether that's your home, car, business, or family, Encova's got your back with a policy that fits you perfectly. With local independent agents in your neighborhood, and innovative insurance products that can be tailored to fit your unique needs. Encova's Playbook is an easy win for your peace of mind. You can trust their team of agents to develop a strategy that's just right for you. And it's not just X's and O's. Your expert agent will guide you and provide insurance solutions so you can confidently manage your risk and count on a financially secure future. For auto home and business insurance, you want Encova on your team. Visit Encova.com today to find an agent near you. And Kova is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Go Bucks! Now, the officials have been talking for quite some time. Alrighty, let's see what they have to say. Upon further review, there is no penalty on the play. However, we have conferred and discovered that Bob, the line judge, has saved a boatload for his kids' college using Ohio's 529 plan. It is tax-free, accepted nationwide. Bob recommends we all go to collegeadvantage.com. First down... Well, that's not entirely unexpected. <laughs> Classic Bob. Look around. Listen. There are a lot of tough questions. Questions about people and technology. About how we interact with our world and with each other. At Ohio State, we champion people and their potential. Because here, anything, everything is possible. Jake, the challenge in playing Purdue and guarding Zach Eady is a gigantic challenge, but the way Zed Key was able to come up with five steals and really kind of change things, is that just a testament to what Zed Key means to this team? Yeah, Zed and I had a uh, one-on-one conversation earlier in the week, and you know he expressed some areas he felt like he could help us more, and we, we talked through that and held him accountable to that in practice, and I was really, really proud of him for stepping up and following through on the things that he said 
you know he was going to do. So he he was really important. His physicality, the steals, but but it took a to- total team effort to to uh, I don't even know if stopping him is the right way to say it, but to try to contain contain Edie. Yeah, this is the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Is it time to upgrade your financial situation? Whether you're shooting for financial goals or making a fast break towards savings, Credit Union of Ohio is on your team. If you live in Central or Northeast Ohio, you could score big with affordable loans and competitive savings. Enjoy Credit Union of Ohio's fast and easy online application process and make a slam dunk when it comes to your financial needs. Start winning at cuofohio.org. That's cuofohio.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Everybody knows that Roosters is a fun, casual joint with their award-winning waitstaff, great food, fun, and laughter. It's a quick stop on the way home to sit back and unwind or grab a carryout. Roosters is where you, your family, and friends can order pizza, sandwiches, salads, and more. And the home of award-winning wings that are fresh, never frozen. It's your family's other dinner table. Roosters, a fun, casual joint. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Bishop and Friends present Tuesdays with Taberry. Sponsored by Sears Heating and Cooling. Family owned since 1950. Chaps and Reese, sir, we are still efforting Dom. He may actually be busy because looking at his Twitter, he does say that he is at Bishop Hartley High School for the 158th Maria's Message uh, talk out there. So something great that he's been doing now for a number of years. And the fact that, yeah, they've eclipsed 150 and they just keep on going. So if that's what he's busy for. I got no problem with that. That is worthy of missing talking to us too. And we'll effort Dom for maybe later in the week when Bo gets back. They can have a chat because Bo is uh, Dom. Bo's not busy. Bo's on vacation. Although wrangling three kids that makes it less of a vacation when you go to anywhere else outside of your house, and even there, it's still wrangling. But Dom was at the Value City Arena with you on Sunday for that game against that upset win over number two Purdue. So. Interested to hear his thoughts not only on that, the Holtman firing, but then where the Ohio State men's basketball team goes from here. Plus the Yarmo firing happened since the oh, last yeah. time we talked to him. There's a lot at the end of last week to go over with Don. Plus we wanted to ask him if he's ever seen any of the Fast and Furious movies. My money's still on no. I don't know. Okay. Dom is an eclectic <laughs> man with a lot of interest and you never know. Would you have had him for a soap opera watcher? Yes. Uh, that didn't surprise me. I, I if you think Fast and Furious is a soap opera, it is sure I, I, that's a stretch. But how is it? The characters die and come back to life. They're always arguing with each other. It's all about family. It's all about oh, this brother is now a rival that you didn't know about. It's exactly like a soap opera. I would opera. say that that's more of a a, dra- a movie that's a drama because no, soap operas to I me completely are, are are shows that happen during the day. A soap opera happens during a specific time during the part of your day it's the daytime so uh, daytime drama is the soap yeah but it's not uh, it being during the day doesn't make it a soap opera it's the way that they tell the stories that i make think it a soap that opera. dom with spending all of his years working at channel 10 
during the day if you're just sitting around, you're waiting for an interview or you're waiting for a story or you're waiting for an assignment and you've got the soaps on because they're just showing you like we can when we're off air, listen to program feed. That's his program feed. He's kind of just watching. And the, yeah, I, I think if you're in a newsroom and something comes on and maybe that becomes something that you guys that they discuss back there. Somebody who's worked so many evenings in his life, obviously would have some time to check out the, the daily stories. It's on, you're like, all right, what's going on? I still contend fast and the furious is just a soap opera. It's got a lot of action scenes in between it, but the actual storylines, very soap opera esque. right. I'm putting it on a poll. Okay, and we'll have to figure that out. We're going to go to science. Because there have been primetime soap operas, Friday Night Lights, Yellowstone is arguably even a soap opera as well. Okay, When you talk about the type of stories that build up those things, because it's, it's the idea of we have to keep the story going, so we will add this onto it, or we will bring this character in that we've never talked about before. That's very soap opera-esque. And that's what the Fast and Furious movies do. So if Dom has not seen them and we do get a chance to talk to him at any point this week, I would love to know if he would like to check them out because I, I think he would like them. Plus, again, main character being Dom Toretto in those. A story we saw developing uh, throughout this week, and it's got a little bit more on it now. Antonio Pierce is now the head coach of the um, the Raiders. And I'm trying to figure Las out. Las Vegas Raiders? The, yes, the Las Vegas Raiders and um, Max Crosby, who is his defensive end, probably their best player on defense, or at least arguably their best player on defense. He was on the Rush podcast and he was talking about how the Raiders have to knock the head off the stake. Those are his words, not mine. He wants to have something similar to the Jordan rules for Mahomes because not only has Mahomes taken over the AFC in general, but he plays in the AFC West with the Raiders. So Max Crosby on the Rush podcast had this to say, We've got the Jordan rules, and we've got what I'm calling now, from now on, as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. You remember when Jordan was going through it with the Pistons? All those guys in the 80s before he became Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, the Pistons used to whip his ass. Anytime he came to the hole, elbows, feeling him, love taps, were in his were in his head, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, I'm touching you. So I showed you guys Jordan getting his ass whooped. It's interesting that Max Crosby says this because who knows what Antonio the... Antonio Pierce says it. Oh, this was Antonio Pierce. Yep. Talking on Max on Crosby's Max Crosby's podcast. Okay, so that's even that's even yeah, crazier. We, so it's interesting because we, we have the audio of it and Max is asking Antonio what was the difference between the win in the regular season that they had later in the year and then I think it was like week 12 uh, they lost two... Uh, Kansas City. So Los Angeles and KC were tied at 14 going to their week 12 game that Kansas City ended up winning. And then on Christmas, they played again. Right. And it's a game the the Raiders won. And so Max asked Antonio, what was the difference there? And Pierce said that he showed different films of, of guys getting at Jordan. He showed Muhammad Ali clips. He made it so that this was all focused on Kansas City, that he made a Kansas City week, kind of similar to what Ohio State does with Michigan. And so he talked about how similar to what the bad boy Pistons had with the Jordan rules, how whenever they see Mahomes, they touch him up a little bit more. They are going to do or they were going to do and will continue to do to Patrick Mahomes. Because I think you talk to any casual NFL fan. How do you beat Kansas City? Well, you, you stop that Mahomes guy. And that's what he is saying in, in more of a, I used to play this game. So I'm using very colorful speak when I talk about you got to get that quarterback in stopping Mahomes so that the Raiders can, in fact, beat the the Chiefs. 
It wasn't just the fact that it was Max Crosby's podcast that he was appearing on, but it, because I, I thought it was Max Crosby, because he seems to operate in this way, even before Antonio Pierce was the interim head coach and now the full-time head coach for the Raiders. Remember the quarterback documentary on Netflix? Sure. There was one of the games that they were highlighting in it, and they did a, a long one with this one, was Mahomes against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And the entire game, Max Crosby was, yeah, just getting at him. If he got into the backfield, even if Mahomes released it, and just give him give him a little forearm or something. And you could tell that it got to Mahomes a little bit, but then Mahomes would make a good play and he would use it as fire to go back at him. So I'm not 100% sure that the Mahomes rules will definitely work. And I don't know what they are specifically, but if they are something that is specific, that might land them in a little bit of hot water. And you saw this from PFT. So Mike Florio is kind of snitching here where he says that while Pierce's comments weren't explicitly go injure Patrick Mahomes, uh, he references uh, back in 2004, uh, this was then Browns defensive tackle Gerard Warren said about Steelers rookie quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, one rule they used to tell me, kill the head and the body's dead. And so the NFL saw the comment and issued a warning to the Browns. In 2012, uh, after Bounty Gate, it was a comment from Greg Williams that really kind of drove the NFL to look more into what the Saints were doing and then issue what they did uh, to Greg Williams, to Sean Payton. Williams with Triple G's comments were kill the head and the body will die. And so those two comments, kill the head and the body's dead, kill the head and the body will die, cut the head off the snake. That's what Flor. This is a stretch from Florio in trying to say that these three instances are all similar. Because the Gerard Warren thing makes total sense in the time. It's 2004. You're not really too concerned about concussions as the NFL, but you are concerned about players headhunting. And this is football guy speak for he's the quarterback. He's the most important player on this field. We got to get that guy to have success. Like Bounty Gate had its whole Bounty list of Gate's other details different. that make it a much right. worse thing. And but that's why comment, that one resulted in suspensions and everything. The, the one you're talking about from the Browns example from years ago, that was just a fine on top of that. I don't one. think they fined him. I think they just issued the warning. Oh, they, just they, a they warning. Said ease, they said, be careful with this. I'd be okay if they threw out a warning here. Now, if they came up and they ever they found, might. if there's like a smoking gun list of like, do this to Mahomes anytime you get a chance and it is like extracurricular activity that would possibly injure him, yeah, then they then they could be in trouble. But the idea of stretching it to, well, when these other people, one person got a warning, one got the ultimate, you know, they, they were suspended for for this amount of time, and multiple coaches on the Saints were were doing that, including um, what's his name, Greg Williams. Greg Williams? Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, he was kind of the you know seen as the the mastermind around, but Sean Payton had to pay for that as well. But that's because a year. That's because that stuff had like it was written down. It was well, clear that they were money, trying to hurt people. Yeah. This one is. Oh, cut the head off a snake. That's just a saying. <laughs> it's been around for years. It doesn't actually mean to knock Mahomes' head off. Now, if it came out that that is what they actually mean, okay, sure, then we can look into punishment. But just by using that saying, which is a normal yes. saying that people say about any type of leadership that you're trying to to take down and defeat them in whatever your cause is, yeah, it's pretty common. I don't, I don't really have a problem with it. Now, if it... Yeah, quit snitching, Florio. I will say this. The Raiders will probably be under a bit of a microscope when they play Mahomes this, this coming season. This does draw the eye of Sauron a little bit as Mahomes being the most popular person in the NFL. Those games, because they split the season series last year, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on those contests. Uh, Florio does have a good line where Mahomes is the most popular player in the NFL not dating Taylor Swift. 
there's going to be an increased presence from NFL player safety because of these comments. But I think that's all that that's all that there should be. And, and that's even before these comments, just because you spoke about it. You've seen how chippy these games get. And that's just more entertaining for the fans. Yeah. Also, you know, Pierce took over and they did win that Christmas game. Like you said, and that's a lot to do with why the players wanted him because he's one of them. Yeah. He's, he's a real football guy. The real truth coming up, or no, we just did the, yeah, the did real truth. I again. Got, no, I got mixed up because we this Pierce was earlier in the prep sheet. Now, oh, now right. here we are. Thing or not a thing coming up next. We've got spring training, batting practice news. Very exciting stuff. Bishop and Friends on the fan. We have so many local shows, I can't fit them in a 10-second promo. So let's just say we're live and local all damn day. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. With friends like these, who needs former college football players? This is Bishop and Friends. It's that time of day again. Not college football. Hell yeah. It's time for college football. Or not a thing. Sponsored by Apex Plumbing Pros. All right. Thing or not a thing. Hit us, Bake. All right, guys, so the Brooklyn Nets, they've not had the best season so far. They're 21-33, and 33, 11th place in the Eastern Conference. Yesterday, they hi- they fired their head coach, Jacques Vaughn, and promoted assistant Kevin Ollie to the interim head coach position. Ollie played 13 seasons in the NBA, and he won a national championship as UConn's head coach in 2014. He joined the Nets as an assistant this season, thing or not a thing. Currently, the Nets are two and a half games out of that 10th spot. They're the 11th seed in the East. They're 21 and 33, so getting to 500 doesn't even look realistic to them. Kevin Ollie, he's had a weird career. You mentioned all the all the time, you know, his playing career lasted, and then wins that national championship at UConn. They, like, use him as a scapegoat. I don't even remember what the NCAA violations or something, but they kind of throw him under the bus and get him out of there, and then UConn has won a championship since, and they're number one, so they, they figured it out eventually. I did not know he was involved with the Brooklyn Nets organization. Could this get that little bit of spark that we, you know, we've been talking about it this week with Jake Diebler. I think it can happen a little bit, but I, I, the NBA just seems like teams can get to that point where they pack it in a little bit easier than most sports. That's what I would guess would be more the factor here for Brooklyn, who probably firing your coach isn't, hey, let's get to the 10th seed and play in the play-in tournament. It's probably, let's do what the Trailblazers did last year and lose a bunch down the stretch this and get a good pick. Ollie's first season with the Nets. It was back in 2020 when he got like failure to monitor and not promoting an atmosphere of compliance or 2018 excuse me so that's i mean that whole thing now looking back on it yeah it, it is silly for every single program so many NCAA violations seem so yeah just like I pedantic i couldn't tell you who was on the brooklyn nets i had to look yesterday kato bates diops there our friend my friend and yours ben simmons still plays for brooklyn I mean, they have uh, they have some talent, and I don't just you know I don't mean Ben Simmons. I mean the rest of the team. 
So, yeah, they could if this gives them that spark, they could F around and make the play in. That'd be a success for them this season. And I'm pretty sure they own, like, they still own, like, the Houston Rockets draft for, like, the next five years or something from that Sounds James Harden right. tray. I, it's pretty crazy. I saw all the list of picks the other day. It's pretty insane. Uh, ESPN's Jeff Passan is reporting that, uh, reported yesterday that Shohei Otani hit a towering home run in his first batting practice against live pitching since he went un- underwent reconstructive elbow surgery. Passan says that it's another step towards him playing in the Dodgers season opening series against the Padres in Seoul, Korea. Otani will not play, though, against the Padres in the spring opener on Thursday, but he's expected to participate in games before they fly to Korea for that series March 20th and 21st. A thing or not a thing? I feel like not so much of a thing because the reporting has always been that he was going to be healthy enough to hit. So I'm going to be more interested and doesn't sound like it's going to be this year at all that he's going to take it away, you know, take a year off the mound. But that's what I'm more interested when he's two way player. It becomes the craziest thing we've seen in baseball possibly ever when he's a one way player. He's still a really, really, really good hitter. You can probably still be in the MVP race for sure, but I know he can hit that. So it's good that he the rehab is going correctly and it looks like he is going to be able to hit, even participate in some of the spring training and then the season will start. But as far as like he hit a home run in batting practice, hey, here it is on the TV right now. No, it's not something that but it was I, his I, first was the big at news. bat. Whoa. Incredible. Guys mentioned this a little bit earlier. UConn coach Gino Oriema broke a tie with Mike Shashevsky for second wins, uh, second most wins all time by a head coach, men's or women's in Division I college basketball history. They beat Creighton 73 to 53. He now has 1,203 career wins, which is behind only Tara Vandeveer, who has 1209. Thing or not a thing. It's definitely a thing. I mean, this record now has, it, it was one that, you know, stood for a long time. It was Bobby Knight for a while. And then now it's been, it's been passed up in like a few times in like a three year period here. Uh, it's weird. Two things from it. One, Gino Oriema has talked about it when he got to 1200 a couple weeks ago. And he kind of like said, like, Oh, I don't think I'm ever going to get to number one. And it's like, well, Vanderveer's only six wins ahead of you. I understand that both of you, both UConn and Stanford women's basketball don't lose very many games, but if they lose in the tournament and the UConn is able to, to go on and get a few more wins there, like, no, I think it's realistic that he could pass her. So that's the first thing. The second one was, I thought it was interesting. His comments after the game last night, talking about like it, you know, sometimes you took the winning for granted and they've dealt with so many injuries over the last year. And he's like, it feels like being back in the 80s and 90s where things were a little bit harder to, to get going because he won, uh, you know, uh, six of these games in two, two 90 plus game win streaks where they won a bunch of championships. They made the final four basically every year, but they did lock up the Big East. So they still have, I think it's 11 straight years. They won the regular season Big East as well. So Gino was hired uh, at UConn in 1985, Vanderveer at Stanford in 1985. So they've both been at their respective places since. Uh, Vanderveer is 70, Gino is 69. Feels like they've got a couple of seasons left, at the very least, that they're going to be coaching at this high of a level. So yeah, I think coming down the stretch here in this decade, you'll start to see some serious jockeying between the two. Because yeah, it's only six Six is only the difference, and it would be really interesting if, like, tournament games between those two schools 
that's what does it with who gets if like Gino can beat Terra in a, a big in a uh, elite eight game like and that's yeah. the one that does it like that's something that you could still within the realm of possibility. Guys, guys, one more here, real quick, and this wasn't on the sheet. I just see, I'm just seeing this from Eleven Warriors that this was on the latest episode of Carmen's Crew podcast, which is hosted by former Buckeye players. Aaron Kraft reveals that Bruce Thornton told him as soon as Chris Holtman's firing was announced that coaches from around the country have been calling his mom, even though he has not entered the transfer portal. They're trying to recruit him. Thing or not a thing. I'll tell you what, it's it's a thing, and it's enough of a thing that we're going to use your read-up of it as a tease for coming up next here at the top of the hour. The transfer portal, it's never really closed, everybody. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. Here's a listener tweet. Can I tase Common Man in the nuts? Fine by us, but he may like it. Common Man and Tebow. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Keep your friends close and your producers closer. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. Chaps and Reeser, final hour of the program on a Tuesday. So as we've talked about, I was at the Ohio State-Purdue game in the Schottenstein Center on Sunday. Awesome atmosphere. Got the upset win. Student section stormed the court. Everybody excited. First uh, game for interim coach Jake Diebler after Chris Holtman's firing. But one thing that stood out to me was that this like clear, not that it was a bad thing, but just generational divide. Because at one point they brought out the... 98-99 Final Four team. Don't well, don't say Final Four. They didn't technically actually successful ninety eight ninety nine team. Yes, they were they, successful. They they had the whole team there honoring them, and they brought them out during one of the breaks during the game, and people were cheering. But then, for people in my age group, probably people who graduated high school anywhere between two thousand ten and twenty, I'll say like fourteen, and went to Ohio State. Probably love this guy about as much as I do because at another stoppage in point in time, they brought out Aaron Kraft as a hype man and he was on the mic and JLo and I stood up and we were ready to go. Aaron Kraft, get him a jersey. Let's get him in the game. That was so obviously somebody who still holds a lot of clout here in the Ohio State basketball community. Some other guys that that are in that group, David Lighty and Jared Selinger, for sure. They uh, host Carmen's Crew on the Beyond the Big Ten Network podcast here, focusing on basketball, and they were talking to Adam Jardy, friend of the program. We had him on yesterday, and they were discussing kind of the fallout from the the Holtman firing, how surprising it was to them. It sounds like everybody on the roundtable We'll start there real quick. Everybody on the roundtable was surprised by the timing, which did perplex us a little bit. Yeah, there's the idea that you can get ahead of the coaching carousel, but the season, there's so much postseason play in college basketball yeah. that these coaches aren't really available to, to do this right now. So you're right. You might get first crack at it, but no, the timing did confuse me. Were they just trying to light that spark? If so, successful in that. But yeah, the, those guys, including Jardy and the three players, they talked about Sullinger, Lighty, and Kraft. 
all kind of surprised by the timing, but not so much by the ultimate decision that they just thought it would probably get to the end of the year. Yeah, I think all like Lighty, Jardy, Kraft, and Sullinger said it was shocking, but Sullinger quote, I think it was needed though. There's no shot to Chris Holtman, but just sometimes you need a fresh face. And to be honest with you, whoever took that job after Thad Mata, that was a hell job because Coach Mata had set a standard at Ohio State basketball, end quote. And so I do think there was a failure by the Chris Holtman regime to live up to the standard set by Thad Mata. And it was a ridiculously high standard, but there's nothing wrong with ridiculously high standards at Ohio State. No, and you at least have to like scratch them. Like, yeah, if you bare take, minimum make the tournament. If you take one year and say, oh, he didn't live up to making it to the final four, yeah, that's probably unfair. But despite consecutive tournament appearances, yep. the first four years that he could make it, they never made it to the second. They never made it to the second weekend, which means that's no sweet 16s in there. They never won a Big Ten tournament. They never won a Big Ten regular season title. And then it really started to, to dip off here. And so, yeah, I guess they were just looking to save something because Aaron Kraft even mentions in the podcast that just like it, it almost seems like unprecedented from a, a college standpoint. And I think that's because, well, yeah, when you were here for four years, it was some of the best years of Ohio State basketball, yep. and Thad Mata had his had his finger on the pulse, and the the team was playing really well. So yes, firing coach in the middle of the season would be something. But it's also interesting that with Jardy's reporting that the coaches, the other assistant coaches, really did not see this coming with the timing. So you're talking about changing on the fly there, and not only are you changing on the fly what you're doing on the basketball court, but we had that sound from Jake Diebler from the coaches show yesterday talking about when you take over head coach, it's not just the X's and O's of basketball. You step up to that place where you're meeting with all sorts of people, you're handling all sorts of people, you're managing all this, and not just on the basketball team, but people outside of it in the athletic department, possibly donors and then possibly people outside of the athletic department who may be trying to uh to do something here to the ohio state basketball team and so one other uh clip we have from it here was aaron Kraft discussing the aaron Kraft discussing the what's the number on the cut oh baker has it baker's on the phone oh, right now i didn't see that coming <laughs> so i'd have to get you the number on that cut but uh it is Aaron Kraft talking um, about what he had. He had, had a discussion with Bruce Thornton. So the, the news happens uh, on a Wednesday, and then Thursday they have practice, and so they're just preparing for Purdue. But we have Aaron Kraft talking on the podcast about the discussion he'd had with Bruce Thornton or about Bruce Thornton. Talking to Bruce yesterday after practice, and I completely underestimated um, like this kind of fallout with the way college basketball is now. Other coaches, other programs can't talk to him specifically, but he said from the moment their rumors went out that Holman was going to get fired until practice, so like a 40-hour window, his mom was on the phone nonstop talking to ex-program or ex-coach and trying to figure out like kind of what Bruce was trying to think about doing. So I think that's, that's a whole nother, that's real. <laughs> that's a whole nother layer of like, how am I going to focus in on this game that I have coming up when my mom's out here fielding phone call after phone call. Um, so I think that's just a, another added layer of challenge for these guys. I mean, they're like, they're, you're 19 years old, right? And you're expected to be a professional, which comes with time and experience but also trying to focus in i think it just there's a layer there's layers on this thing that are a lot harder to comprehend if you're out on the outside looking in so and that's why yeah it does feel like the transfer portal never really closes obviously we're, we're in the middle of the season but if you were getting bruce thornton to transfer in your basketball program that's not about this year that's about next year and 
I would think that it's because of how connected everybody is now during the recruiting process that the idea of the transfer portal doesn't really even make sense now when you really boil it down. Because do you think all of those Alabama players officially waited to get their name in the transfer portal before Ohio State football came calling and said, hey, Caleb Downs, you you were close to being a Buckeye the first time around. Do you think you're going to come? These coaches have these contacts. No, they don't want to break it, so maybe they have to go through an intermediary and ask a kind of a third party to do it, but there's just no way for the NCAA to track any of those things down, and so these people are going to be contacted when it does feel like that, and it kind of makes the transfer portal, one, like I said, never really close, but also pointless, because if you really want to get in contact with these people, with these other players on other teams, it's probably not the hardest thing in the world as evidenced right here by this anecdote about Bruce Thornton. And to think that Ohio State coaches haven't done that in the past or to think any coaching staff has never done that, you'd be out of your mind. Everybody does it. Everybody plays the same way. Everybody's flying under the radar or trying to fly under the radar. At least with that, I'm interested to see if anybody asks Aaron a little bit more about that that conversation that he had with Bruce or asked Bruce about that conversation he had with Aaron and said, do you, who are some of the coaches that called your mom in that what 24, 48 hour span? But it's, it, this is the, the world that we live in right now where you, and I, we, I think we had talked about this. Once the Holtman news happens, then I do think there is a concerted effort from either athletic department administration or the coaches on the coaching staff to try and keep everything together before the end of the season but also to have discussions about, hey, we'd also really like to have you back next year. So how can we better facilitate that? Because, of course, they're thinking as soon as Holtman's out, I've got eligibility. Maybe I should seek greener pastures. And that's also why I think the timing becomes even more perplexing with it. Because, yeah, the writing could have been on the wall and maybe some people would still try to reach out to any current Ohio State Buckeyes that, that they're interested in. But generally, there's probably a little bit more decorum between actual sitting head coaches but once it becomes interim and there's no disrespect to to jake diebler but oh well there, there's kind of the the blood in the water of the buckeyes oh, no, are vulnerable the, the sharks and you are can, always circling yeah. it's an absolutely good and it's a good analogy to use because yeah i don't think ohio state's going to hire jake diebler as their head basketball coach now there's a good chance he stays on as an assist i don't know if they, i can't say it's a good chance i think there is a possibility he stays on as an assistant unless somebody comes to him with a head coach offering. I don't know what his why is. I don't know what exactly he wants to do. Does he want to be a head coach or does he want to be a head coach here? But I, I think it's very fair. And again, fair is probably not the right word, but I think it is the college athletic landscape we're in to where the sharks are always circling. You're always got to fend off uh, other suitors. Always. So Diebler's got this essentially live tryout for, for the job. Gets the win over Purdue, so that's a really great start. He's got five regular seasons left, plus whatever they can do in the Big Ten tournament, and then maybe an NIT run on top of that. But you throw everything onto him here. It, it's all the other stuff that he has to deal with, and he was mentioning that was kind of the, the toughest stuff to transition to. And then... How do you play it without you don't want to you don't want to scorn somebody who has been on the staff for a few years here, but you also don't want to promise them something when you're still looking for from a national search for the coach. But how much effort really goes into keeping the roster together if if it becomes apparent to Jake Diebler that he's not the guy. Luckily for college basketball, the calendar isn't as ridiculous as football where, you know, season ends and then transfer portal and then early signing period. And then actually there are still some bowl games, but half those teams have players sitting out, players who have already transferred. Basketball doesn't quite go through that as much, but 
whoever it is and who it currently is and Jake Diebler is the interim, it sounds like, yeah, the person leading the Buckeye basketball program is going to have to work hard to keep this team together because you don't want to be like the sound we played last hour from Rick Pitino where, hey, I'll just bring in 10 transfers. That'll work. And then here you are in February talking about how your team is soft and unathletic. You don't want to be in that situation for a first-year head coach either. Well, there are only a certain amount of Rick Pitinos that are still left in college basketball or even in college athletics. Or in the world, right? Really. And I think it's it's helpful for this, for Gene to have made the decision now, because then it gives Ross Bjork a head start on everything, and he's not going to be here, and the reports are until March, so you've still got some time to where it can be Gene and Jake just having conversations, you know, and you don't promise anything to anybody, because you can't. Gene can't promise a damn thing to anybody, and if he does, shame on him. But then when Ross gets here in March, then of course they're focused for the Ohio State men's basketball team. They're focused on wrapping up the season. They've got two games in the month of March to play, plus the Big Ten tournament. So they'll be on the road for that. So you're able to kind of do two things at once where Ross Bjork and the new athletic department administrations able to figure out what they want to do. And this current incarnation of Ohio State men's basketball is able to go and just focus on winning games. I'm trying to. What year is, is Jameson Battle a fifth year already? He's listed as yep. senior on. The, I think so. I don't think he's. He's. I think he's done. In yeah, his first year was nineteen. He's and 20, done in so, college hoops after this. So he's probably done. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to keep track of eligibility and where it all is. But I don't this even is try his, it. This is his fifth year. So and he already transferred into Ohio State. I Bruce Thornton, a, a sophomore, probably the most important right now. He's the best player. I think. On the team, sometimes Jameson Battle with the ability as to shoot in threes score, can get yeah, into that. But I think Bruce Thornton's probably, yes. and you would definitely want him on the roster going forward. I think Felix Akpara is another player that you wouldn't want to lose because they have appeared to pour a lot of resources yeah. in the development of him, and spent it would, a lot of time. It would stink to spend a couple of years developing this guy, and then he just goes off and uses that development somewhere else. But I think it's uh, Devin Royal and. Um, uh, the uh, Scotty Middleton. Yes. Those two as the freshmen who are now coming on, had some extra minutes under Jake Diebler. Make sure you hold on to those guys. Otherwise, there's going to be no starting foundation for whoever comes in here as the head coach next. I think that's the interesting dance you're doing because you're going to go to them with NIL packages and maybe they don't. And But I would, I would think it would behoove them to go to those players that you mentioned with NIL packages saying, hey, stay here. But then you've also got to, for the players, they've got to think what's best for them. And maybe a new coach doesn't have them in his plans or won't have them in his plans. It'd be foolish for some of the guys you mentioned for any coach worth their medal not to, but you never know. And I think it's all, it's also having this discussion. Heed Aaron Kraft's words here because it is not you know, terribly unlikely that the Ohio State basketball program sees a large number of players transfer out. Hopefully, whoever comes in here as head coach can hold a lot of it together, but I'm not holding my breath in the current landscape of college sports. Once you have a fired coach, kind of all bets are off. Even when you have a retired coach, they are, and he might stick around. Could you pick against your team on television after you've retired? Bishop and Friends on the fan. We're known for three things. Games, conversation, and common man yelling about things only he cares about. The fan, Ohio sports destiny. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, 
you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Not interested in Iowa football? Too bad. Shops will tell you about it anyway. This is Bishop and Friends. Nine days left in February, and there's no better time to sign up for Tipico Sportsbook and get in on the betting action. Hockey, pro basketball, the biggest college hoops tournament in March. It's right around the corner. There's plenty of games to bet on and win big. Take advantage of Tipico's massive odds boosts for the biggest payouts. Try Tipico's new parlays where you can pick how many legs you need to hit and cash in on your bets, even if you miss a leg or two. Claim Tipico's new sign-up bonus now and get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now and a promo code THEFAN100. Again, that's the Fan 100 to get that bonus. Download the Typical Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I feel like this situation, and it's happened before in college sports, but what's going on at Alabama right now kind of feels like somebody decided to break up with you, says they still want to be friends, meant it, and still lives in your house. With you. They moved out of your bedroom, but they still. So Nick Saban has moved out of the Alabama football bedroom, but he still lives in the Alabama athletic department house yeah. and says, hey, we can just be buddies and everything. There's never going to be a time for the next. I, you're, it could take a decade to kind of get Nick Saban's, the specter of Nick Saban away from that Alabama football program and off of the next, off of that head football coach, whoever it is. If it's Kalen DeBoer for however many seasons he's able to be successful in Tuscaloosa, he's going to have the specter of Nick Saban hanging over him in a figurative standpoint. And at least for a couple of years or while he's on ESPN, a literal standpoint, because they're going to beat Alabama games. So if the both of them on, are on that same campus, like it's it's just it's never going to go away for DeBoer or even Saban if he wants it to. Even if he wanted to, there's still going to be questions towards him now as he puts himself in more of a prominent media presence. I think the other part that's a big question for him um, is it going to be a Barry Alvarez situation where anytime that Alabama does make a coaching change, say Kalen DeBoer doesn't work out, and in three years' time Alabama is ready to make a move, and they make that move. After their final, you know, after the the game against Auburn, they aren't going to the SEC title game, but they still have a bowl to look forward to. Is that a Nick Saban steps in? Because Barry Alvarez did it at least twice, maybe even a third time at Wisconsin. He would keep stepping in. So could that be the case? I don't know. Nick Saban, he did have a uh, an interview, sit down with ESPN shortly after he retired, but he has not been available to the media since then, well, yesterday there was a, a small media contingent at the Nick Saban Legacy Awards event in Birmingham. It's an annual event that he uh, hosts. He retired on January 10th. This was the first time reporters got to talk to him. So he was asked, well, what's it going to be like with you still being around the Alabama football program? Right. Well, that's our home. That's our family. It's our community. Um, we're going to continue to do things to help the community every way that we can. And um the coaches all know that I'm available if they need me in any way, shape, or form to help them. Um, you know, I talk to Caitlin every now and then and talk to the defensive coordinator every now and then. He's going to come over and meet me, you know, this week sometime. So, you know, we're around. Uh, we're there to support the players and help them in any way that we can to help them be successful. Coach Saban also had this to say about Kalen DeBoer's first few weeks on the job. Well, I, I really haven't been around. You know, I've, I really try to stay arm's length. I don't want anybody to think I'm looking over their shoulder. Uh, I think he's hired a good staff, and 
Uh, I think he's a good man. I think he's a good coach, and I think he'll do a really good job. All right, so he thinks he's going to be a good coach, but it's sort of the it's the words don't quite match the actions right now with Nick Saban of like, hey, I want to be hands off. I you know we we live here, so we're family and everything. But oh, I don't I don't need to be. I really haven't interacted with them very much. But he does say that he has spoken to DeBoer and that he wants to talk to defensive coordinator Kane uh, Womack and that he still has an office there. So I guess the real question is, as they balance this out and you get into the DeBoer era for the Crimson Tide. Is Nick Saban's office going to be something that you reach out to and say, I I would love to pick his brain on this thing? Or is it going to be like the principal's office? And if something doesn't look right to Nick Saban, is he going to call him over? Yeah, I think it's it's the uh, I'll talk to Nick Saban only in emergencies, like in case of emergency, break the glass. That's the bat phone. Like if there is a big loss or if. There's a big win that I think you seek his counsel on those types of things. Like, how do I get bring my team back from the brink if there is a devastating loss? Or how do I properly prepare for my first Iron Bowl? Or how do I deal with winning a national championship? Everything else, I think you want to keep as you just want to keep your distance and do things your way. I, I, and I think that you being Kalen DeBoer being Kalen DeBoer is what got him to this point. And I think anything he would try to do to be Nick Saban would come off as just, it would come off hollow. It would come off as fake. And I think there would be enough people with Alabama that would say, you're just trying to be a carbon copy of him. While that would be probably wildly successful. You, you still, just, if you, you can pull it off. It, you just have to be you. If, if you good to give him any, any advice. And I think Saban's got the right idea in trying to stay as hands off to this as possible. I just don't think it is possible for Saban to fully be removed from the Alabama program because can anybody within the sound of my voice really remember Alabama without Nick Saban? Not really remember it. No, because like it's even that there's that middle portion, which people older than us definitely can't remember between Bear Bryant and basically Nick Saban. There's some there's successful pockets in there, but there were also periods of fall off for Alabama. But as far as I've been concerned, like right. really paying attention to college football, it's yeah, Nick Saban and Alabama have been a constant there. So it will be interesting, even if. Like, what will the fall off be? Because I think there's going to be something. You can't just lose Nick Saban and there be nothing on that note. Because we've been talking a lot about Jake Diebler and the Ohio State basketball team this week as well. What's more awkward? Coming from the outside and taking over for a legend who is still there? Or taking over in an interim basis the head coaching job of somebody who was just your boss and possibly a mentor and possibly somebody you really looked up to. I think it's the latter. Awkward would be the latter. Harder would be the former. Yeah, I think that's a that's yeah. a fair distinction there. What's Nick Saban going to be up to, though, if he's not coaching? Well, we know that he's going to be on college game day. They had some fun. Ask him about that. Hey, could you pick against Alabama on, on television? Here's what he had to say. You know, I've tried to steer away from picking people. I think I'm going to have to do that now. But... Um, I don't know that you always have to pick the team you think is going to win. You know, you're you're allowed to have a spiritual feeling about who you like and who you want to win. So um, I think it'll be a lot of fun, though. I can't decide if when he says I've tried to steer away from picking people, if he means he's tried to steer away from making picks or is he's trying to steer away from people 
who make picks famously on TV over the years, and he just doesn't want anything to do with them, which kind of would go along with his rat poison idea. But he is right that, yeah, you can kind of play with your gut a little bit. The good news is, even without Nick Saban on the sideline, Alabama's still going to be favored in like 90% of their games. So most of the time, you can probably just pick Bama, and it's not going to seem too far off. You're not out there picking Eastern Carolina to knock off Florida State or something. No, it's always it's going to be Bama until it's not. I think it's the easiest way that you could put that. And it'll be, I think for Saban, he has always tried to do both, not pick and then stay away from the pickers. But if you've got him on college game day, he's going to have to make a pick, right? Yeah, I mean, if they if they put him up there for the pick section. Pick although, two? how many people, like, if they bring out everybody for the picks plus a guest picker. Oh, it's the NWO. It's, it's 30 people. Or like the, man, those those NFL shows sometimes on Sunday morning where it's like seven guys across and it's like, it's one, I don't, you don't need all of it's those. It's one show a week, guys. I think uh-huh. we could we could shrink the staff down just a little bit. But Nick Saban, uh, it'll be interesting to see him on game day and what his demeanor is like, similar to uh, Coach Belichick up there in New England. And obviously those two guys know each other. They both, by accounts off the field, seem to be very personable, likable, funny, charismatic guys. And we've seen some of it in instances, probably more so from Saban over the years. And we'll see what he brings to the uh, the television world with that when he joins game day this coming fall. A little Shelly time as the Jackets continue their California road trip. California dreaming out there. Bishop and friends right here on The Fan. This Buckeye Football Impact Report is brought to you locally by Credit Union of Ohio and by Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse. On the fan, Ohio's sports destination. Ohio State Football Impact Report. Yesterday we talked about Will Howard coming in as a transfer at the quarterback spot for Ohio State, but there are the additions of incoming freshmen Julian San and Prentice Air Nolan. Guys that have come in early, and head coach Ryan Day says those early enrollee reps well, should help those two young men. When everything's new, there's just there's an adjustment phase, and and that's like that for every freshman. And so you know, they're every day that goes by, they're getting more and more comfortable here and, and getting their feet underneath them. They're gonna have to learn the offense here and, and get going on the field. But uh, but it's great when you have like Lincoln didn't go through that last year, and we knew that. You know, Lincoln was a, a tremendous basketball player and a tremendous baseball player, and we sat down with the family and said we're gonna be a little bit behind here if we come in during the summer, and we knew that. So that was part of the agreement, but but we knew that he was going to be a little behind. Uh, I feel like with these guys coming in now, they'll be further ahead and be able to make more of an impact in the fall. This report brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass. This is Paul Keels, and you're listening to the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Hi, this is Paul Keels. This Buckeye season, don't let a broken windshield ruin your game plan. SafeLight Auto Glass makes it easy to get your windshield fixed with their mobile glass shops all over central Ohio. They can come to you anywhere, giving Buckeye fans more time for game time. OH? Man, I love that. Schedule at SafeLight.com. SafeLight Auto Glass is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Libman makes a difference. The Libman Mock Crew is a part of our winning team. The Libman Mock Crew makes sure the hardwood is safe and clean for the players every game at the Schottenstein Center. No matter what kind of flooring you have at your home court, Libman has the tools to keep it clean. Our mops, brooms, and brushes are proudly family-made in the USA. Visit Libman.com to see our whole lineup and for a store locator. That's Libman.com. Libman, proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. 
Is it time to upgrade your financial situation? Whether you're shooting for financial goals or making a fast break towards savings, Credit Union of Ohio is on your team. If you live in Central or Northeast Ohio, you could score big with affordable loans and competitive savings. Enjoy Credit Union of Ohio's fast and easy online application process and make a slam dunk when it comes to your financial needs. Start winning at cuofohio.org. That's cuofohio.org. Federally insured by NCUA. For more than 35 years, Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse has been known by Buckeye Nation as serving the best steaks in the city. Our thick-cut, aged steaks have been a staple in Columbus with three locations in Upper Arlington, Dublin, and downtown. Hyde Park is proud to introduce our newly added wine room at the downtown Columbus location, where a new elegance in dining will surround you. And coupled with live entertainment every weekend, Hyde Park will be the perfect setting for any occasion or the perfect night out. Hyde Park is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Go Bucks! Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. The gloves. It's Shelly time. Sponsored by Schottenstein Roofing, proud partner of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Chaps and Reese are with you, efforting Jody Shelley it's right probably now. Me. It's uh, it's eight thirty out where he's at, so maybe just a little bit of an early workup call as they are on the uh, the second kind of half of this leg of this California trip. They started out in Ottawa, but then they had San Jose on Saturday. They got the Kings tonight, and then tomorrow they've got the Ducks. So they're they're hanging out in the L.A. area. Hey, maybe he's just having a good time. It does feel like Can't the Blue Jackets him. haven't been home in a long. They have one home game, that Lightning game, uh, that was right. After, or was that right before the break? So the first game back of the break. Yes, that's what I thought. It was it was right. Okay. But then before that, they were on that Western Canada trip that also then finished up in St. Louis with the Blues. So really, they're like, they've had two home games since the they played the New Jersey Devils on January 19th. That's a month ago. That, that game and then the game against the Lightning. So that's how long it's been. But they will be back Friday. I'm actually going to that game. Nice. Looking forward to it. While we uh, work on Jody, we uh, do have an update. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I'm sorry. I'll bring fans behind. I'll bring listeners <laughs> behind the curtain here. Baker's efforting him. And it's very difficult for me. Because just because I I know that that job very well, doing it all the time, and sometimes when it, there is such a time difference, like there is, you know, people think about like in your daily life when you have to go time zones. You're like, I don't know what time it is out there. I don't even know what time it is here. You're like, you're still on that. But I'm also thinking in my head of like Baker talking to Jody and going, Hey, Jody, yeah. So Bo's out, and then Jody just hangs up. <laughs> it's oh, a- what happened to the phone, <laughs> guys? I I almost always send like about fifteen minutes before. Yeah, I almost know. always send a guest a reminder text, and when you don't get anything back, you're always worried. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty early it's, out there. It's me. Like Dom said, nah, no thanks, not today. And Jody's gonna do the same thing. We'll effort Jody for tomorrow. Yes, we we should also have a Shelly time Reese tomorrow. Back? Nah. <laughs> at the same time, yeah, he's just he's just waiting out for Bo because they can you blame him? There haven't been a lot of Shelly times. They played on a played on a Saturday last week. I think we only had one coming off the All Star break, so we have not had a chance to talk to our good buddy Jody. Maybe recently. he's been talking to so many other people about Yarmo. He's Yarmo'd out. 
just all I can actually out. buy that. I didn't really in trying to think of what to discuss with him. It was a lot of Yarmo. It was a lot of what's next. I can't imagine there's been a true hockey discussion that he's had since that Yarmo news. I mean, maybe there's been parts of interviews have had to do with, you know, obviously when he's calling the game, he's just focused on the ice. But if he, if someone brings him on for an interview, like the team's important, what happening, what's happening on the ice is important, but everything off the ice is so much more. Well, and these games with them being out on that California road trip, you're talking 10, 1030 starts tonight is 1030. It's 10 o'clock tomorrow night. It was a late start for the San Jose game. So it's harder to take in the actual hockey from the Blue Jackets beyond just, you know, they're not playing all that well, but these games start really late. (laughs) I know we talked about it the other night, but when the UFC ends and you're still playing, that's a late night. Yes, that is that is a ridiculous... Like, I woke up Sunday morning with the notification of them beating San Jose, and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, they played San Jose. I completely missed that. And I realized I completely missed it because it started, or even though, even on a Saturday night, it still started around the time I was like winding the day down and going to bed. Uh, I'm surprised because we don't live too far from each other. I'm surprised you didn't wake up to my screams when they won when <laughs> Boone Jenner when Boone Jenner put that goal in with 12 seconds. Well, left. that's that's why I was so confused because checking Twitter in the morning, it was like Boone Jenner made a game winner. I was like, oh, I I, I wish I would have watched that one. But now then I thought about it and i was like oh wait that probably ended at like 12 30 no it was later than that it was almost it's like 120 jeez yeah no that's even on a saturday night too late for me reese well, are you so staying up for any of these western trips i will stay up for the first part of tonight's game but i can't promise how long i'm gonna get because i just can't fall i fall asleep especially you got two intermissions you got to work through if yeah, you want to actually it'll get a, through the it'll whole be a thing. first period falling asleep on the couch but i do actually enjoy that i'm a crazy person so during the weeknight that's kind of a fun thing to do or least for me it is um i wonder with jody's expertise in outdoor ranks because the yeah. stadium series is coming to the shoe in 2025 if ohio state would call upon him for some of that expertise like hey we want to have a rink outside but we want to keep it frozen through the elements because late february early march there's ohio's going to give you everything jody shelley being a seasoned ohioan doing that every single year and kind of having to weather the weather all the time He'd be the first call I'd make if I'm, I'm Ohio State. We've had everything over the yes. last week. It's been rainy. It's been sunny. It's been you know mid to mid fifties to sixties. It's been in the twenties. It has snowed. It has melted. We've had everything. You, you know what's funny about that is the guy that used to be in charge of the ice here at Nationwide. His name was Ian Huffman. He. Uh, was somebody that the NHL would bring in on the outdoor games and they would have him there. He was so good at his job that they would have him there to work on things like that. Like if the sunshine was Mm -hmm. so much or if the temperature was so much and he was one of the guys that was really on the leading edge of that. Now he has his own company doing something with that. I'm sure he will be involved in that Uh, as a consultant. That's the best job. I'm convinced. You be a consultant for anything. Yes, just consult on just anything. Consulting on this. As far as the you know the ice goes when they play in the horseshoe next year. Now they will be helped out by even in March. The sun is still at a really low angle. So depending on the type of the the, the time of the day, the horseshoe is such a large structure that it can probably even block out some of the sun. Let's see. It sets on the press box 
side, right? Yeah, that's the west side of the stadium. So that's even a little bit taller because it's got the press box there. So I'm I'm sure that that's a factor, but still the science behind keeping the ice in good playing condition in March in Columbus is pretty fascinating to me. Most there's been some precipitation that has affected them. Most of the outdoor games, whether it's a stadium series or the winter classic that they play on New Year's Day have gone off pretty okay. The the notable exception was the Lake Tahoe one a few years ago. It was so sunny. Yeah, and th- that had no natural. It's that like was a just, mirror. Wasn't almost, that just right? Was that out on a golf course by the lake? It was. I don't know if it was on a. It was pretty close to the lake. I know that. Like it was, and it was just like open space. Yeah, Yeah, they just put it wherever they put it. So at the very least, it was open space that they put it on. So the shoe has a little bit more going for it from that. But I'm still just worried because I have. You want me to tell you what the weather's going to be March first, 2024? I have no idea. March March first, 2025. No chance. Chops, we can't even predict what the weather's going to be tomorrow, let alone bastards. <laughs> you can doubt the weather when they give you a weather report and then end up driving through a blizzard on a Friday night. I, I wouldn't recommend just, that one. They built the one in Tahoe. They they built the hockey rink. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's no stadium around it. I mean, they put, like, they built they the put, hockey stadium. They yeah, put they some, put some seating, but it wasn't as big as a football stadium. What do you think would the be? theme's going to be? For the stadium series, because didn't they have like a, a like a Garden State theme to the stadium series this past weekend? Is that why they had like fake people walking around? They were real in a park? people walking around. Well, no, a real they were park real people, with but real dogs. I, apparently, they were actors. <laughs> That's what somebody said, and like I don't what think it's gig. like from a conspiracy theory standpoint. I think it was just like they were trying to give up the yeah. ambiance because somebody did point out that one of the strollers had a, like a doll. In it, not a real can't baby. Have a real baby in that sense. They have said that That's neither of the organizations wants it to be football themed. Okay, I have heard that for sure. What I've heard, seen a lot going around on Twitter is what we saw this past week with uh, the Rocky theme for uh, the Flyers, okay. and then I think it was the Rangers did like a Sopranos. Garb, you've yeah. heard a lot of well, the Blue Jackets. Their th- their theme of get going into the stadium has to be like something around the roots, like the Civil War soldiers or something. Actually, th- get the little drummer out in front yeah. of them too. That'd I be think fun. they should dress up like the best damn band in the land and walk into the stadium like that. I think that would be great. I was wondering, and I'll do. The, I'll wonder out loud if it would be difficult to do anything Ohio State because your colors are blue. And the team yep. you're playing against, their primary color is red. Well, and don't forget yeah, this. Yeah, you're right. The colors kind of so flip. So that <laughs> contrast there, I don't know if you can do. Don't forget this, too. Kent Johnson, Adam Fantilli, a whole bunch of Michigan Nick men Blankenberg, on your roster. They got a lot of Michigan right guys now, that may not like them. that. <laughs> you have them now on the roster. It, I don't think they'll make too much of a I don't think at least two it. of those are going anywhere. But you will have the best damn man. You Zach should. Warinsky, too, a Michigan guy. You should have the best damn land in the land of part of this event. I like the Philly and the Rangers example, but off the top of my head, there's not a ton of movies and TV shows based in Columbus. The only one I can think of is that Ready Player One movie is based in Columbus, but not really. You can tell by, it's like it's in the future, but there is nothing architecturally that actually says it is Columbus because they were like, ah, just say it's just they say somewhere in Ohio. And that's kind of, yeah, what happens to basically all the Midwest cities that aren't Chicago. Maybe they'll all dress like Woody Hayes. There you go. Throw that one out That there. or Jim Trestle. Everybody, you know, everybody's an, in an iconic coach garb. But then you could make that a blue jacket so they could have blue, yeah. but you have the sweater vest going on. And oh, if you could ever do a blue sweater vest, that would be sacrilege. 
Oh, yes. We have a giveaway for the people out there. The Columbus Auto Show. It's coming to town. The winner gets four tickets to the 2024 Columbus Auto Show, February 22nd through 25th at the Columbus Convention Center. So you get four tickets. We'll give it to the fourth caller. 821-9710. Fourth caller. You get a pair of tickets. Three things on a Tuesday coming up next. Bishop and Friends on the fan. The sound of Paul Keels calling a Buckeye game is erotic. Oh, yes. Your home of the Buckeyes, the fan, Ohio sports destination. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Taking the art of sports radio and day drinking to a whole new level. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. Three things in just a moment, but before that, we've got some polls to check up on, Reeser. So, the Daily Fan Poll, sponsored by ER Auto Care, Masters of Our Craft, asks, will you be attending the Blue Jackets Red Wings outdoor game at Ohio Stadium next year? Hmm. Yes, no, or maybe are your options. I guess, technically, maybe. I had not actually, that I had not gotten to that point of, like, giving it thought of going there, and I have no idea what the ticket prices are going to be, because it's going to be very popular, yes. but it's also a giant stadium compared to... Many, many seats available. Yeah, what is normally a hockey, and the Blue Jackets do a really good job of getting 18,000 nationwide. Get but towards rinkside. You can get, like, what, seven, eight times the amount of people in the horseshoe as you can in Nationwide Arena? Yeah, uh, kind of a disappointing uh, poll answer. I guess respondents are thirty eight percent yes, thirty eight percent no, twenty three percent maybe. It's it's uh, basically it's a little <laughs> about sad. a third, third, and third. I would like to is a feasible. I think is a viable wah, option. Wah. <laughs> now, is there enough that thirty eight percent yes or whatever it was is a hundred thousand people or how many people? Yeah, it? no idea. Uh, we had asked earlier in the program that because you think the Fast and the Furious franchise can be considered a soap opera. We'd asked, hey, guys, is Chops right? 58% of respondents to the poll say yes. All right. Well, there's still the Furious franchise can be considered a soap opera. Still some time left on that one if anybody wants to get to it. Also, congratulations to Ron. He won the tickets to the Columbus Auto Show. That's coming up later this week. Time for three things. One, two, one, two, three things. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. All right, first one for me. I saw this yesterday, and my my stomach just sank. Scott Docterman, our Big Ten West. Well, Big Ten West is gone, but he covers Iowa as well. He's been our Big Ten West bureau chief the last few years, too. James Ferentz, another son of Kirk Ferentz, not to be confused with Brian Ferentz. He just retired from playing football after eight NFL seasons. Spent some time on some active rosters and practice squad, but still made it eight years. Good for him. But then my first thought was, oh, no, that means another Ferentz spawn is in need of a job and is looking for somewhere to work in his <laughs> post-playing career. Please do not hire another one of your sons. And we have to go through the whole nepotism thing again, because outside of maybe position coaching, 
I do not want them to get into the higher-ups because that was a mess with Brian Ferentz for the last few years. I think one of his other kids, Steve Ferentz, is a linebacker's coach at South Dakota. Keep him there. First thing for me, according to Sports Media Watch, this year's NBA All-Star Game drew 5.5 million viewers. That's up 20% from last year's All-Star Game. Uh, The Pro Bowl Games game drew 5.79. So the Pro Bowl Games game, which is flag football, drawing slightly better than the NBA's All-Star Game. Uh, In the past couple of years, Major League Baseball had the most watched All-Star Game with seven last summer. I feel like five is enough for them. I think they want like four million that's plus. That's perfectly fine for all involved. Yeah. yeah. My first thing, guys, we talked about it a little bit. These late night jacket games, they're going to kill me because I'm the person that is going to be staying up and watching them. I'm going to go home this afternoon. I'm going to try to get a nap in. I don't know how that's going to work or not, but I'm going to be up till 1, 1.30 in the morning, and then I'm going to get up at 6 to get showered and come in here tomorrow and then do the same thing all over again tomorrow night. It's going to be the death of me. Chaps Reeser and a zombie Ryan Baker tomorrow on the uh, program. Also on the program yesterday, Goodfellas on TV because we uh, we had Opa visiting us this week, Jen's grandfather. We were like, ah, eh, let's let's do the flipping around a little bit, and we'll just you know kind of consistently go to different things. And Goodfellas was on. She passed over it. Both her Opa and I were like, hey, no, uh, put Goodfellas on. Anytime that's on TV, you watch it. And 90 minutes later, I was still watching Goodfellas. Commercials and all, wading through it. And I, I eventually turned it off. But we had they had just uh, gotten through prison. Remember when they go to prison and he's cutting the, with the razor blade, he's yep. cutting the, the garlic and stuff. And that's when I was like, okay, I've watched a lot of this movie. I got I to gotta jump out now. But it's just such a great one to put on anytime it's on cable. Uh, second thing for me, 12.30 today, Rothman and I are going to be talking with Ohio State interim basketball coach Jake Diebler. So if you're thinking of changing the radio dial, don't. Reeser, I know you blame Chops and I for part of this. Yep, but your fault. Man, the crazy weather here. I mean, can we like ease into things? We were 60 degrees, and then we were into five inches of snow, and then it's 15 degrees, and then it's 60 degrees. I mean, everybody's going to get sick, and you know how it is since COVID. If you have a sniffle or if you cough, everybody looks at you weird. So let's just ease up a little bit here. Let's ease us into stuff. And even the one that like seemed to work in conjunction was still weird, where it snowed a bunch Friday night, and then it was really, it was still really cold, but really sunny on Saturday. So you actually did have snow melt, despite it still being in the twenties. It's like we can't get anything consistent from the weather right now. One other thing, as we had a house guest here, we took him to a fun casual joint one of the evenings. Oh, he was buddy. here, and I was excited that he enjoyed it. He's from Brooklyn, so they've got all sorts of options out there, but. I don't think they have a fun casual joint, and I would say it's a place that, you know, you have little places that you grow up around or sure. you've been to a ton that are in your local town that you feel a little protective of and you want people to like them. So I was I was encouraged that Opa enjoyed a fun casual joint. Has he been to a place that serves primarily chicken wings there are- in a decade? I don't when know was the last time he'd sat down and had wings because there are some like sports bars and stuff that sure. that I've been to when we've been in Brooklyn, but they don't seem like wing specific places. So yeah, I'd have to get I'd have to get the intel on that, but probably not too many out there. Just real quick, we'll have more from this tomorrow. But James Laurinaitis uh, in his first official media availability as linebackers coach at the Ohio State University, and I t- uh, stole this from Dan Hope. James Laurinaitis said he spent a lot of time this last year changing signals each week, acknowledging, quote, some of the well-publicized stuff around signaling that went on in our conference last year. 
Dan adding, <laughs> James is looking forward to not having to be a signaler on the sideline this coming year. Guys, we talk spring trainings in full effect. The Reds have a glut of infielders. I think it'd be really fun to see Ellie De La Cruz flying around center field. I'm just saying. Ooh. Baseball's here, baby. And you know what else is here? Rothman and Ice, as Reeser said, they'll be talking to Jake Diebler at some point during their show today. Do you have the official time? 12.33 for that interview. 12.33, so you're about a half an hour away from hearing from interim coach Jake Diebler on Rothman and Ice. We're Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. One, two, three. Here in the van is always football o'clock. Proud to be your home of the Buckeyes, Browns, and all the NFL games you can handle. The fan. It's a fan action update. This action update is brought to you by ESPN Bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Major League Baseball win totals are out for the 2024 season. The highest over-under total belongs to the Los Angeles Dodgers at 104.5. The lowest win total is 57.5. That belongs to the Oakland A's. The Guardians season win total is 78.5. And the Cincinnati Reds win total is over-under 82.5. For your ESPN Bet action update, I'm Scotty Vegas. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Casting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus. The Fan Sports Center. Good afternoon. I'm Matt Andrews. Blue Jackets road trip will continue tonight in LA versus the Kings. The puckle drop at 10.30. Coverage starts at 10 here on The Fan. A back-to-back for the CBJ who conclude the trip tomorrow in Anaheim. College basketball tonight in the Big Ten. Iowa's at Michigan State. It'll tip at 7. Maryland goes to Wisconsin at 9. The OSU men will play Thursday at Minnesota, looking to snap their road losing streak. The Ohio State women still ranked number 2 in this week's AP Bowl. But guys play Thursday at Penn State before hosting Maryland on Sunday. Ty Tucker's Ohio State men's tennis team on the indoor beat number 2 TCU yesterday to win the program's third indoor national title. This update is sponsored by Nature Stone. Schedule your free cost estimate today at naturestone.com. It's not just a floor. Wow, it's Nature Stone. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.